you're listening to another Type 40 Live Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook. Audio editions of our video content originally streamed to YouTube and other platforms. A quick reminder, this is recorded completely live and we interact with viewers across those platforms in real time. The occasional detail may get lost in translation, we're working on that, and the odd swear word may pass one or more of our lips, so this show may not be suitable for the under-15s. Now that's all straight. Let's start the show. Welcome, one and all, an entire regeneration cycle's worth, and then some, judging by the uh, look of the uh, the time stream and the time vortex out there this time. Welcome back to Type 40 Live, wherever you are across the Hooniverse. Time for another live stream with me, Dan Hadley, Birmingham's King of the Geeks, here at the Spacebook, the best channel that you'd never heard of. Yeah, two hours of concentrated Doctor Who goodness for you coming up with a panel of companions I'm going to bring on in a couple of minutes. And yes, lots of interaction from you guys. I have to thank you again for keeping the comment section so active. Loving loving all the uh, interaction, all the questions. You know, we can't always promise a straight or sensible answer, but we do our best. So keep them coming. We're genuinely interested. All that feedback, we need to know what you'd like to see more of, what you'd like to see less of, and uh, you know where you think Doctor Who is in the past, the present, or the future as we make our way into the uh, the autumn or the fall, and new Doctor Who gets uh, perilously <laughs> closer, doesn't it? Oh, dear. What's going to happen, everybody? What's going to happen? Yes, thanks for, thanks for being here. Uh, please, yes, uh, I've been forward into the future already, as I always do. So uh, I can tell you this is going to be a good one. So you can like the video in advance, like the video, subscribe to the channel while you're there. And uh, yes, hit that little bell, hit the cloister bell so you get the notifications about when we go live next because we do this on a regular basis. When I say we, I mean them and you. But yeah, first of all, I've got to welcome this guy back. He's been on the roam and treading the boards. As always, it's our mate Barnaby Jager. Hello. And it seems not a moment too soon. There he is. Oh, yeah, he's ready to quote you really quick on these, aren't you? No, it'll do. It'll do. It'll do. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, doing really well, thanks, mate. Yeah, doing really well. Um, been doing a lot of um, health and safety films, which has really been quite interesting. Oh. 
Oh, okay. it's, it's, I thought you were going to say. Right, I thought you were going to say health and efficiency films for a minute. I thought, oh, all right, I've seen a few of those types of oh, types of films myself. Oh, certainly not. No, it's it's been really, really great. It's been um, fantastic back on set again, and uh, yeah, brilliant company I work for. I'm doing all these health and safety films. I'm I'm running around in high vis, um, in high vis jackets and things like that. Because obviously, you would look at me and see a worker, a workman, obviously. Yeah. How how are you filling the role? Have you been able to convince them that? <laughs> I have. Yeah, absolutely. It's been yeah. It's a Good it's man. a role I suit in. I fit into really well. I I really enjoy it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's good to hear that the world is returning to normal. And talking about returning to normal, I wonder if you've seen the convention circuit. I saw this and I thought of you, actually, because the mm. convention circuit is uh, coming back to life bit by bit by the week. Oh, there and they we've are. have got this picture here. Now, I, Danny I, John I Jules. Yeah, this is Danny John Jules, of course, who is a, a sci-fi sci icon, isn't he, Barnaby? Oh, absolutely amazing. The cat from Red Dwarf. Just like the, the coolest guy ever. <laughs> I mean, he, he may well be one of the country's sort of finest dancers as well, as he? he does, he does is, all, all that. He's the West End and things like that. So he's a, he's a bit of a legend, I think, among, among those circles as well as <laughs> sci-fi circles. But I just love this. He was at the, I've got to get this right, at the MCON convention in Nottingham hmm. the weekend before last. And as he was going around, this is what I love about the community. This is one of the actors. This is one of the legends. Just as excited to bump into Doctor Who's as I think I would be. What about you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would. He, you could just tell by his face, just a great big smile on his face. Because probably, I mean, he, uh, Danny John Jules um, is is always a, um, a regular at all the conventions I go to. And I always go up oh. to him and just like uh, never chat with him. He's a really, really great guy. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's I, I can, and you can tell he really sort of enjoys being there. And yeah, just look at that, look at that big smile. <laughs> so let us know what conventions, it was Hooverville at the weekend just gone. I couldn't make it to that. Let us know if you went, if you had a, if you had a good time, what that was like. We're really excited about conventions. I'm looking at going to a few. And I think some of these guys are too. But I, I know, in fact, I'm pretty certain that JT uh, went and got some other tickets pretty damn quick the other day, not for Doctor Who. But we're, we're talking ABBA again, aren't we? Did you get them, JT? I did. I got my ABBA tickets, so I'm very excited. I'll be going next September, so a whole year in advance to uh, to sort out all this sort of nonsense that's surrounding us right now and everything. So, evening, Spacebook. It's nice to see you all. Welcome nice. to Type nice 40 to Live, the Doctor Who show with common sense. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be one, hasn't it? There's got to be one. <laughs> we're the only ones on YouTube, I tell you. <laughs> I can't promise we'll keep <laughs> We can't promise we'll keep that up for the full two hours of the show, but we'll, we'll try our best. The night is young, as they say. Uh, no offence, Christian from The Legend of the Travelling Tardis, who was here early doors there. And, uh, oh, yes, yeah, so we're keeping your, keeping eyes on you, Christian. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McGann's looking well, says the talents of Wayne Chung. It's great to see our legends out there hitting the motorways again, isn't it, JT, to meet the public like that? Um, yeah, but I'd like to have some clarification on there because I have seen some of these uh, conventions going on where they keep the punters two metres apart from the the, 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 the the turns, and yet there we've got them crammed together because they're turns. So I hope they're not doing some sort of nonsense class system there because I will have something to say about it if I find out that they are. Yes, that doesn't... I mean, I suppose you can understand them being cautious this early on, but you're paying for the experience, aren't you? I think that's that's how they sell it to the punters, isn't it? Yeah, and, and when you find that, you know, it's it's like I've seen that recently with um, a, a breakfast show that's on television at the moment. They've, they've got this massive, huge desk, you know, where they all sit. With, it's like five miles on, and they're sitting there. And yet you'll see them afterwards, you know, at Wimbledon or something like that, really sitting together. It's just like, you know, one rule for one rule. I'm not into all that nonsense. 
<laughs> we have uh, lots of comments from people in the chat. Thanks to everybody for joining us. We've got Alan Collins back. He says, we have common sense and creativity here. It's all here. It certainly mm. is. We've, we've even got royalty with <laughs> Queen Charlotte and a proper Hello. live mega hey. geek in Ian David Diaz. Who'd have thought it? You've got everything on the bench <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> How are you both? What have you been up to this week? <laughs> Nothing. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not police officer. <laughs> I haven't done anything. <laughs> Honest, Gov. Well, some of us have been back to work this week, so I've been a bit busy. Yeah. Ah. And uh, talking about busy, we've managed to nail down. Have we? Where's he gone? No. I, oh, that's a horrible <laughs> term. <laughs> Thank God it's not Easter. Really? Oh. We have got an original lunatic about to about to materialise as well, but he just popped up uh, popped off as I was about to bring him on. But there we go. Going to oh. get a tea. And not for the that's not for the first time in his life. I might add as well. He's going to get a tea. Oh, here he is. Here he is. He's back. No, he is back. <laughs> yes, I've already brought him up, and here he is with a small friend. <laughs> Hey! Oh, for hey. God's sake! <laughs> Why don't you grow up, Simon? Grow up! <laughs> but anybody that was watching last week will know that my little friend Derek the Dalek here was a little bit poorly. He had a bit of touch of laryngitis, and, and he wasn't no. working very well. But I've had a bit of a, I've cleaned him out inside. I've given him some <laughs> some fresh batteries <laughs> and an extra an e <laughs> brand new fresh cup of tea, a really hot tea. <laughs> <laughs> he's i think he's what we call lucid so that's yeah. that's derek the dalek we've got derek watching in the chat as well derek mcclellan says hail to the panel hail to hail. you back as well and everybody else we've got uh got oh, God, what an here. opening yeah wendy from the department of wendology she went she came in to check on us a couple of days ago didn't she and i think word got mm. out didn't it to the department of wendology there was a couple of blokes on the on the internet talking bollocks and we had a visit yeah <laughs> we had a visit from the department of wendology when we were talking about the christopher eccleston debut the other day rose so check that out on the channel great to great to have wendy there on, yeah. on for mm. that. Good for, uh, we, we have it's alive from uh from dr blaze there so it's, it is it's great to see your Dalek back to health <laughs> yeah, right from, one, from one Doctor Who legend to another I think it's oh, many today. years ago Wendology yes that's <laughs> <laughs> why it's we love him that <laughs> 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 we pay a bit of uh, a bit of tribute Ooh. first of all because it's uh, today is the centenary of Patrick Trent's birth oh. bless his heart mm. I uh, now I think Such an infectious that, smile. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? So much character in that yeah. face. Mm. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't I have given him a better bow tie. Just gave him a small one. Ever the perfectionist, ever the perfectionist, Ian David Diaz there. But it's a, it's a lovely picture. That was from Fury, Fury from the Deep, wasn't it, Simon? Yeah, that's Fury from the Deep, absolutely. And and, and I love the fact that in that photo you can see that he's got the uh, he's got the safety pin actually holding the shirt together, yeah. which I think, as I recall, is actually on one of the Target covers that you can see the safety pin. Chris Akeleos drew it on the uh, on one of the Target covers. I remember being intrigued by it as a kid. Did the Doctor really wear a safety? Pin? Yes, he really did. Holding <laughs> shirt together. That's class. That is. Not many people can get away with that. He's the Doctor. Get away with anything. Exactly. <laughs> it looks like it. Uh, yeah, uh, Richard Brooks is watching on YouTube and says, Dear Pat, and his cheeky smile. Yeah, mm. he did always look quite impish, didn't he, Charlotte? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Pat's Pat's one of my favourite classic doctors because I just think he's got that sort of mischievous, sort of cheekiness about him, which I just love. Yeah, mm. never knew. I mean, to say that the words were all there on paper, you do feel when you watch him that you never really know. I mean, obviously he knew what was on the page, but you're never really sure what he was going to do with it, were you, JT? Sorry, say so that again. I was daydreaming. You were never <laughs> sure. You were never really sure where he was going to take the character next. Well, well, that that I, I actually think that um, he must have known. He must have had a plan because he was a character actor, and he was a, a character actor that was recognised and known. And you can see it come through in everything he does. And in the Doctor, he actually builds a character. And as we all know and appreciate, he it was a a, a very difficult task for him because he was the first follow. So, you know, yeah, you get the, what he put into his performance is this fact that one minute he can be very impish and very playful, but the next minute he's quite Machiavellum. Um, and, and I find that very interesting. What, what, still, what still I find quite sobering, actually, is the thought that, as, as some of you will know, one of Pat Tratton's original ideas was to play it as a, as a sort of a pirate, a buccaneer, where he was literally going to be blacked up with an earring. And, and you just kind of think, oh, oh, Lord, can you imagine today? I mean... You know, we'd have to wipe out the entire Patrick Tratton yeah. ear. Well, you know, you know, that's the time, wasn't it? Yeah, I love, I love stories like that because that's where, as a producer, you just go, let them get it out of the system, let the actor get it out of <laughs> yeah. the system, let them dress up like, because it's not going to happen. He was deadly serious about it. That's what he wanted <clears> to do. And one of the reasons, of course, was that, as, as, as uh, JT says, he was very much a character actor and he, he hid behind his characters. And so he, he was nervous about going into Doctor Who and being recognised. He wanted to go in and not be known to be in Doctor Who. And that was part of his reason for thinking he'll go in as a blacked up pirate. Yeah. It's when you hear that... It's when no. you hear like t uh, days today, that's a hundred years yeah. that you really, it really brings home how long Doctor Who's been going, doesn't it really? Because a lot of these people are long gone and it's, it really brings home to you the success of the, sh the show is, uh, and what they did back then. Because, yeah. wow, a hundred years. Wow. He, even though he's got that sort of, sort of craggy face that he had, you know, he was still, he was still, he wasn't an old man. He was around 43 yeah. when he first took the role, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but in those days, 43 was old, let's face it wasn't it in those days John was ridiculous. I mean and, and John oh. Berkeley looks about 80 bless him but the, the reason why I wanted to talk as well a little bit about about Patrick Trout now I, I think that uh, although the guy kind of stayed away from Doctor Who fandom and didn't do conventions until really late in his life he he accepted the love of the Doctor Who family eventually came to understand it and they, mm. and they certainly cherished cherished him Mm -hmm. And uh, and the same now, you know, Pat Patrick Trent has been dead for nearly 35 years. It's un unbelievable. Yeah. But in yeah. the interim, his family have become uh, mainstays of various different entertainments. I think one's a sportsman, several are actors. And uh, that brings me to this guy, because apparently... One of Patrick Troughton's family members has been spoken about this very week as a potential candidate for the Doctor. So, who is uh, Harry? Oh my word! Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Dudley. Dudley from Harry Potter. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, it's crazy, you, you, isn't it? you tell us where we know Harry Melling most from, then, Charlotte. Oh God. I, I know him as before a very fat child in Harry Potter, known <laughs> yes. as Dudley. Yes. 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 And, he, and he, he was in was. all of those films. Was, he? was was Dudley Harry Potter's sort of adopted brother or something? I haven't seen. Yeah, cousin. He was, he, yeah, cousin. Oh, cousin. Cousin. But, yeah. but now he's like it's so weird for me to see that actor now because he's like really tall and really like he's not really thin, thin. but he looks completely different now. Yeah. Mm. Well, he Can't grew. Really. 
Yeah, he grew up. up. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, what it what it relation is he to Patrick? Grandson. He Grandson. is. Okay. He is uh, Michael Trouton's son. Is okay. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was interesting because Harry's uh, Harry Melling turns up every now and then in the ongoing speculation, uh, and has been one of the longest um, speculator because he's been actually associated with the part since um, Tenant decided to step down. Really? Uh, so Harry, yeah, Harry Melling's name's been around. But yesterday, just it just suddenly came back home, and he was all over Twitter again with some um, posters. I mean, I I I can only. I don't know his work, so I couldn't comment at all on whether I think he'd be very good. I only know him as a, as a, as a, as a child actor, really, in the oh, Harry Potter films. Yeah. I haven't seen him in anything um, as an adult. a couple of things. He seems to be able to flip the switch in the way that the Doctor should, Barnaby. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've only really seen him play him Dudley in uh, Harry Potter, and he was really entertaining in that. So, but Same here. Yeah, i, I, I got to watch some of his more recent stuff, because I, I didn't know he was still acting. Yeah. I, I think he was yeah. in um, recently The Queen's Gambit in Netflix. I've not watched it yet, but I think he oh, was Oh, was he? In. I, I saw that. That was very it. good. So I've missed him or forgotten he was in that. That's terrible, isn't it? Which could, be, he, could uh, be a good sign changed... because he disappeared into the character barn if, if, mm. if, if, J, if JT saw it and don't, didn't recognise him. Mm. Well, he's he's changed so much since um, Harry Potter. I don't think I'd recognise him if he was up there. It's the yeah. eyes that get me. On every picture I see of yeah. Mr. Melling, the eyes get me. and yeah, I, 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 Yeah, but I've always associated various doctors with eyes uh, mm -hmm. possibly because i grew up in the reign of tom but look <laughs> at those eyes yeah they are the mesmeric those eyes are they drill right into you yeah, yeah, yeah. they look they look slightly alien if you if you know what i'm getting at there yeah they, they do you can imagine them going from i mean they're very sort of blue and he's still a still a really young man but you can imagine How old him is he? sort of turning them into sort of a, a hawkish stare to uh, stare down a cyber leader or something. I He's a he same 12. age as Daniel Rack. Oh, he's in his 30s, I think, Ian. Yeah, yeah, 30, really? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, what, yeah. kind of, what kind of accent has he got then? Has he got like a regional accent or something? Well, well darling, he's an actor, so he can do any accent he bloody well chooses. Oh, so so he's, he's got a, a Barnaby accent then, is he? A Barnaby accent. <laughs> Nobody's got a Barnaby accent. Nobody's got a Barnaby accent. <laughs> Not even Barnaby's got the Barnaby accent. He rented it in. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually, I'm actually that... from the north. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually York, a New Yorkshireman. I just put this on. Is that a recent photograph then of the of the guy? Yeah, yeah, it is. And this is the generation as well, Simon, hey, where they've, they've grown up moisturising. <laughs> and I grew up moisturising as well. If you missed out on that one as part of your generation, that's tough on you. I, I'm <laughs> Wendology. I've never seen him in anything. I've never heard of him. I've never seen him in anything. I've never watched any of the Harry Potter films. So I was he? Um, was it, does that, do any of the space bookers know? Was he in Dunkirk? Or am I getting him mixed up with somebody? I Let think, me know. I think he was, yeah. Olivia Hesby watching in the chat. Hi, Olivia. Hello again, I should say. Says that he, he looks a little like Matt Smith. And, and he does, bit, doesn't he, Charlotte? Yeah, he has got that about him. Yeah, we I, should I get think it's the hair. Ginger guy to play Doctor the, Who yeah. next. I, I think it's ah. the hair with him. <laughs> Sorry, <Yes>. I interrupted. <laughs> the, floppy, the floppy fringe. The talents of Wayne Chiang says, wasn't he in a recent film playing a scientist looking for the elixir of life? Can't remember the name of it, but saw a review last week on YouTube. You, well, there you go. Oh. You've told us. Maybe somebody can fill us Thank in. Thank you very much. On, on the title of that, because now I, I genuinely don't know. And we were talking quite recently about how it should be an unknown, uh, an unknown showrunner and an unknown-ish person mm. playing the doctor next and uh, you know of course i think if somebody bears a strong physical resemblance to somebody who's taken the role in the last 10 years then they're probably unlikely to go with them but the right actors 
The right act is the right act. Well, you don't want a woman? <laughs> you don't want a woman? Uh, we'll come round to that in a little while. <laughs> but, it's but it's important we go back to the sort of real merit, isn't it? Isn't yes, it? yes absolutely. And the glory. Um, as, as, as Barnaby would say, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we talked, that, so there's rumours there that are persisting about no. who will be the next Doctor. And that's only natural, isn't it? This is Doctor Who. We speculate about who's going to be the next Doctor, even when the role's not up for grabs. That's par for the course. But talk about showrunners and everything else is also carrying on. JFO is watching, and they say that he was in a film on Netflix called The Devil All the Time with Tom mm. Holland. He played an American. Mm. He was he was very good. So we obviously switched the accents there, Ian. That answers your question. Yeah. Yep. That's, That's something good. I'd definitely not like to see is the Doctor is Tom Holland. I'm not a big fan of Tom Holland, I'm afraid. And he seems to be everywhere on the BBC at the moment. Everywhere. <laughs> what, Spider Isn't that Spider-Man? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tom yeah, Holland. He's, he's all he's over the saying... BBC. What, what's oh, he doing? No, hold on. Who am I thinking of then? Tom Hollander. Oh, for God's sake, yeah, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Tom Hollander. That's who I don't want to yeah. see then. Tom Holland. Tom Holland and Tom yeah. Holland. They've, oh, done yeah, it they've done it just to confuse you, Simon. Yeah. And it worked. It doesn't take a lot. <laughs> I, I'm not, I thought it was just me. I'm not a fan of Tom Hollander either. I, I, I don't, it's not that I think he's a bad actor. He was hey, great he's all right. In The Night Manager with Tom Hiddleston. He was superb in that. But yeah, oh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. He never really, he never really stands just out in a cast to me. Yeah, it doesn't inspire me in a big way. He just seems a bit flat the whole time. He sort of underplays. Hugh, Hugh Laurie oh. was really good in that. Oh, Hugh Laurie was amazing. Yeah, he was yeah. very good. Night, very sense that he, he would have been a great doctor if yes. twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, would have been a great doctor. Yeah. Well, I, can, I, imagine. I can imagine. The, the thing with um with with Mr. Melling though, as well, is that that's that, that's possibly the sort of um unknown variety they should be because he's known but maybe not to a wider public if if i'm making sense there do you know do you know what i'm getting at there that's yeah. maybe the caliber of actor or the or the rank of actor they should maybe be looking at someone that's known in the theater known within the industry can perform can perform and prove that they can perform and just needs that break possibly to yeah, that set them off yeah, just that. Yeah, sort of get yeah. To a list almost. I suppose now we're. When did the Who Harry knows? Potter movie? When did the Harry Potter mo movies wrap up? Was it around ten years ago? Oh, yes. Well, they started twenty. They started twenty years ago, didn't they? I think it was two thousand and seventeen. They stopped two thousand eighteen. Yeah, somewhere around oh, about that. Yeah, later than I realized. Because sorry, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. You know when you've Hello, got Olivia. these. When you've got these, uh, the casts that were all child actors, and we saw them grow up. What tends to happen is that a couple of them do, you know, sadly, only a couple of them, if they're lucky, go on to become like major stars, the way that Daniel yeah. Radcliffe has yep. uh, and and uh, Emma Watson and others kind of find their niche. I mean, the blonde guy, he's been in lots of things since. And, you know, he's he does a lot of conventions. Is his name Tom as well? They're really confusing yeah. me. Tom Felton. Tom Felton. Yeah. He's actually quite oh, yeah. he's, a, he's a good actor as well. It's just um, really? he wasn't a major character. Well, he wasn't one of the three leads, was he? So he didn't perhaps, but perhaps he's, in other things I've seen him, maybe he's just looking at scripts and being an actor and saying, I don't fancy that one. Well, he was, in, he was in the Planet of the Apes film and he was in Flash, uh, the TV yeah. show Flash. Wasn't yeah, and wasn't, wasn't, he? Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't he Logan as well? I, th I think he was a, a small bit, yeah, a tiny bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, actually, I think he, you're right. Yeah, I think he wasn't. Has, has Daniel Radcliffe ever been sort of touted for the part? I've never heard his yes, name. Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he, was touted, he, was, he was touted for the part by the press when Tennant stood down and then again when Matt was in the role. But he went on record to say he didn't really want to do that. And anyway, it was Matt's gig. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, but would I don't think I, I don't think he'd make a very good doctor at all. But we've been through that. Uh, have a look back on the last episodes from last year in the, in the previous series, and you can see what I think of that one. We've we've been through it. We've been through it all with the fine tooth comb, haven't we? Let's. Uh... Oh yes, we've been through a lot on this show. The home of Doctor Who common sense. <laughs> I like that. I think that's going to go on the t-shirts. The t-shirts aren't coming, everybody. Uh, right, well, just give me 250 quid for that then, thank you. Bloody the hell. film I'm thinking about was called The Old Guard from 2020. I like that film. It was a Highlander. It was very, very Highlander, wasn't it? Uh, Charlize Theron was in that. Yes, you're quite right. I've forgotten he was in that too. So there we have an, I think he wasn't, yeah, he was the main, one of the main villains of that. He was really good. Yeah, completely right. And uh, he was in uh, The Thick of It. As yeah, the the, yeah, well, I well, I'll take, I don't think I saw that one, but it sounds unmissable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's brilliant. He's really good there. And thanks to uh, Mega the Extremist confirming that the Harry Potter movies did stop in, in 2011. And yeah, I, wow. I definitely remember Harry, po- uh, Harry Potter's, um, well, Daniel Radcliffe being mentioned in line with the path. But then again, you know what the press are like? You know, they're not very imaginative, are they? Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I do, what, what sort of sprang to my mind was thinking of him in The Woman in Black, which I think is a dreadful oh, yeah. film. Yeah, but he's yeah, yeah, very yeah. doctorish in that, that yeah, he, yeah. he looks the part kind of thing. Not that I'm pushing he for could, him. No, no, who's no, no, no. He, he could who's be the fantastic. guy with the red hair? The red hair Rupert, that was Harry Rupert Potter. Grint. A lot of people said that he, he, you know, a lot of people said that he wouldn't have made a good doctor. Oh, like, God, no, God, no. no. <laughs> I don't think he's acting anymore, he's just getting back into acting. But I don't oh, think is he? He's, I don't uh, think he's acted in a long time. Out of all of three, he's the one that kind of disappeared, didn't he? Because the other yeah. two, yeah, yeah he was the TV yeah, show. Yeah, it was the TV show version or spin-off from the Guy Ritchie film. Oh, he was, of course, a yes. couple of years ago, which I never yeah. saw. I and he was kind it. of the lead in that. So yeah, it, it, mm. weird bloke to get to stand in for Brad Pitt. But well, <laughs> yeah. wow. So, yeah. If you got a pay, Ooh, day, group, like, well <laughs> <laughs> But let's face it, those three original leads don't need to work anymore. So there you go. Yeah. No, they don't. I, absolutely, no. You're absolutely right. They don't. Lucky <laughs> bastards. Yeah. I know. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alan Collins adds that as long as they don't just cast any old actor. Oh, that, that line takes me back. That's a bit of controversy there. Yeah, somebody got into a bit of trouble over that, didn't they, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so talking about past doctors, uh, I wanted to touch briefly on this because our our friend, we talked about it quite a lot lately, Christopher Eccleston was also on stage at the Dragon Con in America over the weekend. And uh, they put they put the question to him about the Doctor Who 60th anniversary, which is oh. uh, due to roll oh. around in, in two calendar years, as I'm sure you know. Now, we ran this video a couple of days ago, but I'm going to play it again. And you can hear, Chris, if you haven't had a chance to watch this, if you haven't seen, this is what happened when Christopher Eccleston was asked live on stage in front of a packed hall full of adoring Doctor Who fans about the 60th anniversary and about why he left and where he is, he is uh, with it all now. They created a quote 
and they attributed to me, which said I was tired. Now the thing is about that, oh, I, I found it too tiring. I didn't find it too tiring. I found it too tiring working with Russell and Phil and Julia. I didn't find it physically too tiring. When they said that, any other producer reading that would go, oh, we're not going to employ Chris Eccleston because he gets tired. So it was a lie. And it was in quotation marks. And I'm from Salford. You don't do that to me. Um, so they issued a kind of apology, but it's not enough. So no. But I'll do big finish and I'll come to these conventions. I love how I love how the um, the big well guy the big guy was trying to say you please with sugar on top and he, and he went yes. straight in there no <laughs> no I'm That's not going fantastic. to say that, he's from that, Salford exactly no the key the key in that clip that I just think is so interesting is I was tired of working with Russell and Phil and Julie That's it. That's my reason as to why he left. He's without going into details. He's clearly said, "I think there, that was where his truck was. It was working, as he says. He was tired of working with Russell and Phil and Julie. So whatever happened behind the scenes, they they clearly, I'm guessing, the relationship broke down. I think probably reading between the lines on that one, um, and that to me is probably the reason, by the sounds of it, why he left. I'm guessing. And that's yeah, and clear an that's as clear an yeah. answer as we have any right to expect, isn't it, Simon? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I it's think not he was. On, sorry, he's sorry. very brave. He was very brave in, in saying that in front of all yeah, those people and stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, let's give it a couple of years and Pete will come out and you know slag off the beat. As time as time goes on, as time yeah. goes on, more and more gradually filters out about that whole thing and so whereas i thought i think a few years ago i think we all thought we will never ever know anything about this and as time goes on a little bit more just leaks out mm. and and as as ian says you're right it was really quite a brave thing to say he was tired of working yeah. with those three that's quite damning actually especially when you bear in mind that russell was they were best mates him and him and chris eccleston were absolutely best mates so that is quite a damning thing. and knowing and that it's all going to be all over the internet and Simon Russell has uh, said he has he hasn't been drawn on the contentious side to it, but he's continued to be generous through the through mm -hmm. the media to Chris Eccleston mm -hmm. since he started mm -hmm. talking and since he's been back doing conventions and Big Finish. Russell has kind of welcomed him into it, you know, and he's you, you, it's been through. You can see it. They've got to a, an understanding, I think. Yeah, but 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 I think what, although I'm sort of pulling that bit out that was interesting from that, he was still very, very careful. And although, as we just said, he was brave, he was also still very, very careful. He hasn't criticised them at all. He just said he was tired of working with them. And thus he was clearly, presumably ready to move on. So he's still been very, very careful and measured in what he said. He's a, he's a clever bloke, Chris Eccleston. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. Does Chris and he's and he's very very <clears throat> professional and he would never drop anybody in the in the dirt in the, in the poo. No, I mean looking at what he said there about the 60th anniversary, you know, and being asked, and of course I'm sure that he will be asked again, you know, because things can change and and he does and he says uh, you know at, at present or as things are now and he's very firm about his reasons. But I get the impression he would be open to be to be 
persuaded to be won around, but he's kind of given up on expecting that to happen. Charlotte, what do you think? Go on, Charlotte. I, I, I think it's a bit of personality stuff because he talks about the tenant announcement and how he didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. he saw it mm. on the paper. And I think that's always come across to me as that was a very personal sort of slap that he really didn't appreciate and he felt really hurt by it. So I think the BBC are going to... Yeah, I think the BBC, in order for him to even consider it, are going yep. to almost have to show real regret to him, is the vibe I get, for treating him in that fashion with the way it was announced he was going. I think that's also a really sore point, and that's what I got from the clip. Well, maybe well, I hope Go on, Sorry. I, I just hope the 60th, 60th, I hope that only Jodie turns up. I, I really don't want to see David <laughs> in there or Matt in there and, you know, spoiling their names as the Doctor. Wow. I really don't want that. You know, if they're going to celebrate the 60th, celebrate this era of Doctor Who and leave the rest out, please. Just do well, that and I'll yeah. be, you know... The key word there, I think, is, and this is leading to the point that I wanted to get to, the, the key word there in that phrase is if... Because, you know, over the last few months, I think that we, yes, us here at Type 40 Live, we were the very first people to speak about this on YouTube and social media, come to think of it. The fact that uh, it looks that a 60th anniversary special, anything sort of dramatized, is very, very unlikely as things stand. This isn't certain at all. Doctor Who is going out of production whether it's for however long, we'll come to that in, in a little while. But it, mm. it absolutely is. And this is the most uncertain time in the series' life for the best part of two decades. And whilst the BBC have done their thing, haven't they? They've, cre they've created a statement which Piers Wenger delivered. We went over it a few weeks ago, which sort of says something, but says nothing as well. It's, it all nothing. Very, it's all very 1990. Uh, which people are fighting over, over on Twitter in particular, so trying to read things into it and everything. But but uh, we don't really do uh, Twitter war on this show, but when something breaks and when someone <clears throat> speaks on Twitter who doesn't speak very often about Doctor Who now, but when they do, it's always worth hearing. I'm talking about Ian Levine, everybody. Ian is a... Uh, how can I put this? Ian's a very, uh, I think he's Be a careful. key player in Doctor <laughs> Who fandom over the last yeah. uh, 40 years. A, uh, a a big player in the hunt for the missing episodes over the decades. We've got a huge amount to be thankful to Ian for. Yeah. You could say he's been one of the community leaders of fandom even, off and on. And most people, I think, within the, the Doctor Who world have some opinion about him. Ian's very forthright in how he speaks, very firm in his opinions. He's not always he's not always as tactful as he could be. He's you know, never less than controversial. And you know that, Ian. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But Yeah. <laughs> but he, he just... <laughs> you as well. But um, yeah, when he speaks... It's always worth hearing. And this week on Twitter, he did speak about Doctor Who, which, which doesn't happen very often. But this is, uh, this is a screenshot from, from Ian Levine. He says, now I'm going to really upset people. Doctor Who is going to be rested for five years because the BBC will not admit they got it horribly wrong by casting a woman doctor and hiring Chris Chibnall, the worst producer of all time. Tragically, there will be no 60th anniversary special uh, that's that's very 
that's very firm <laughs> and and clear. And it does chime with a lot of the things that we've been saying over the months, hasn't it, JT? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. JT. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, it, it, it absolutely has, but what are you asking me? Well, okay, so so we've got we've got the situation that we're in now. You know, I I pretty much agree with everything that Ian said there. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously he's not got a direct quote to go to. He is talking about his sources. Of course, he broke this on Twitter. Ian's uh, social media account does get uh, staked out, really, by what I would call yes. ba bad actors. Now, some could say that that over the past, and how, how Ian's conducted himself, that um, his, his, um, his manner has kind of attracted that kind of person who who basically want to tear into him at every opportunity they get. I don't view that as any excuse myself. And he's, he, he put this on and was immediately fielding insults and further questions, name your sources if they're true. But of course, nobody can ever name their sources, otherwise they wouldn't be bloody sources. But, but, that, but, but, but his quote, that is not a quote, that's his opinion. That's he doesn't yeah, need yeah. a source for an opinion. We've been saying that for over a year on this channel. Yeah. Uh, and, and on this show. So if people are asking, oh, please give us your sources, piss off. He doesn't need to because he's not getting any information. He's put an opinion out on Twitter. Well, There's nothing wrong with that. He later, because he got a few people came at him with various things. One of the more uh, more repeatable ones was, was this one. I've, I've hidden the identity of the person who put it through. Yeah. But he said, it's not going to be rested for five years. Don't be silly. To which Ian then replied, I wish I was wrong. If it returns quickly with a male doctor, I will be the happiest man on earth. But my sources mm -hmm. are too oh. high up to be wrong. So yeah, Ian but, claiming to have sources, let's make that. Explicit. Do you know? But the, but the thing is as well that Ian might be hearing similar things to what we hear with 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 people that we know. And he says that if it returns quickly with a male doctor, so he's keeping it very ambiguous there in what Ian is saying, isn't he? Because yeah. we, we don't, we just don't know. We've we're, we're having this discussion as we go now. It's part of the excitement and the energy of what's happening with Doctor Who now. There is a there are possibilities, endless possibilities of this. Are they going to do TV movies now? Are they going to go to cinematic movie? Is studio going to do a series? Are they going to change the format? Will they return to a male lead? Yes. You know, all these sorts of things. It's 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 out there now with this. And it's all about what what we've got here though is we've got a whole band of social media fans who cannot and will not let it go. And they're going to be in for a huge shock come next year. With, and even, or even this month now that the show's about to golden wrap and it's going out of production, they have to face this. And I think they're genuinely going to be, you know, in a take that situation for a lot of them where we're going to have to have helplines and all this gimmicky nonsense because, you know, they're not going to be able to face the fact that yes. there, will, yes. there may not be. I personally cannot see a 60th anniversary unless, as, as I've said here before, unless they reboot it with some sort of two or three TV movie specials with one actor in there and the daleks and the and the tardis and that's it just to say oh look there's a token and then that's that i think i think you know you're right, and that we are seeing a certain and i take again this is no slight on any anybody out there i appreciate why it's difficult but i think we are seeing a lot of people who are who are simply in denial about what has happened and i think that despite what piers wenger has said as we as we've said before we here it's okay for whatever they're saying 
but forget about what they're saying. Look at what they're actually doing. A golden, a golden rap is the closing down of a production, isn't it, JT? That's what yep. that means. It's not a rap party. A golden rap means that these people, this production is completely, hand. is completely ended. We've got lots of people in the comment in the comments here. A little bit shocked. We've got Matt Potts says that uh, I miss proper Doctor Who. The anniversaries used to be so special. Yeah, we all do, Matt. People, people will be in mourning, won't they, Simon, if, if th this comes to pass? And it's a sad well, state of affairs. Well, 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 I don't know. Will will they be in mourning? I honestly don't yeah. know. I'm, 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 you know, Blue Planet has said, um, who, who would have thought that um, we, we'd all be wishing for a, for a five-year hiatus? But I think we kind of are. I mean, and I, I don't think, I don't think there's going to be some people who are, who are in mourning and they need a helpline. But I think they'll be on... One hand, to be honest, I, I agree, and I, I think I think this whole thing about five years, we shouldn't put a number on this because again, and and Ian understands this because he he knew enterprises, then he's new. Well, well, to put a, a number on it, uh, I wouldn't do that because it, it is a business. They have to get the next version well, of the also, show absolutely correct, it. otherwise they're going to lose it forever. Also, JT, for a man in that position as well on social media with people who are looking to discount him at every turn, if he says it's going to be five years and it turns out to be four and a half, they will still call him a liar and tell him he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know. I so mean, it's going to take as long as it takes for them to make sure that they get the next version of the show absolutely 100% correct and, and watchable and bring... As we've spoken on the show before, if you haven't seen the previous episodes, go back and watch the previous episodes uh, right back up to last year. Because as we said before, there are a lot of things they have done wrong over the last few years and which they now have to course correct. And that's why it's coming off air. But that's, I mean, but that's assuming it is actually coming off and we don't, we still don't even know it's coming off. They might just mm. plough on ahead. They might just bring the next showrunner and the next Doctor and we might see the next series in, in one and a half the next years. next female. Possible. So, Simon, for the people... It might happen like, next year. They might, they might go into production next year, but, you know, we, we know that there's no... At this time, as we are, as we are t speaking on this live stream, we know that there is nothing planned between now and next year for them to go no, in and, and say... So, we don't know. Time, beginning of 2023. So, Simon, mm. for the people out there who, who don't know or who won't sort of accept... Maybe they don't even know, know the <clears> name <throat> or doubt all of this... Who who is Ian Levine, and why is he why is he worth worth listening to? How long have we got, Dan? Um, well, <laughs> Ian, Ian Levine, the photo that's up in that top left hand corner that you can see there that's that's the uh, controversial picture of Ian Levine smashing his own television set, which I think it was the Sun newspaper got got that photo posed. Um, this was this was during the, uh, the 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 as I recall it must have been during the first hiatus in 1985 when uh, yeah it was yeah and and and, they, and the sun staged this photo basically Ian Levine is is a fan who um, he was a fan let's be honest that's all he was all he still is from that point of view but during the early um, 80s he was um, the the show consultant that John uh, John Nathan Turner brought on unofficial board. unofficial show unofficial. consultant but he he was there wasn't he on yeah. He, he was there right the way through the early part of the of the of the um, the eighties with John Nathan Turner as the consultant. Uh, he 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 put himself forward. John Nathan Turner didn't didn't book him. Ian Levine, as I understood it, understand it, put himself forward and suggested, look, you need somebody to check up on continuity references, etc., etc. Um, and and Ian Levine was the guy that that did it. But the other thing that we've got to remember with Ian Levine, and we have got to remember this, is as controversial as a figure as he is. Uh, out of his own choice, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know that that statement that you've just shown on Twitter. I don't think Ian minds no. courting 
controversy. That that's the thing with Ian. But the other thing, as I said, that's crucial to remember with Ian is we have got him to thank for saving an awful lot of early 60s episodes. We wouldn't have the Daleks, for example, if it wasn't for Ian Levine. Um, and, and, and Simon, he's not he's not an entertainment industry nobody either, is he? He is no. Oh my God! He, well, well, the thing is with Ian, he's he's absolutely huge in the music industry, or certainly he was during the eighties. He was a massive music producer with uh, Pet Shop Boys. Was it Madonna? He did loads and loads of um, uh, uh, of producing on, on some of the biggest eighties pop stars. So he's absolutely a mover and shaker. Um, he's a, he's a big character in every sense of the word. He is a is a big character. He's larger than life. Um, and he is uh, he's been through Doctor Who history, certainly through the late seventies and through into sort of the late eighties. He he was very much on the circuit. He was he was right there amongst all the all the um, the shenanigans and everything that was going on. And whilst he has had sketchy Barnaby, I think relationships with multiple Doctor Who showrunners. Russell T. Davis famously, uh, Ian tried heckling him at the press launch for... Oh, really? I think it was, I think it was series, series two. It couldn't even have been series one of Doctor Who. And uh, and Russell gave him some back live on stage. You know, you're not the fucking press, Ian, so shut up. <laughs> and, and he also had a... He had a strained relationship, I believe, with Stephen Moffat, but they are friends. You know, uh, Ian went through a really a really big health crisis a few years ago, and, and he's spoken publicly about Steve, how Stephen Moffat was there for him. You know, was called him and, and visited him, and, and uh, there was all sorts of other stories as well, which I won't, I won't go into, but just nice, warming stuff. So whilst I think fandom, what, what, I, what really leaves a bad taste in my mouth is the fact... And there are several people out there Charlotte, I think, in Doctor Who fandom now, that people who've sort of come up since and are used to the way that it can be on social media, there are certain key people in Doctor Who history and around Doctor Who who it seems to be taken as okay to be really nasty to and rude about uh, and and uh, discount absolutely everything they say based on an idea of who they are mm. and uh, and some notion of what they may have said rather than what what they actually do say and where it comes from because this comes from a place a place of affection doesn't it oh yeah and I, and I think it's not just that I think because of the current era and because of the some of the fans it's courted it's 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 made I was sort of thinking about this yesterday actually it's sort of weird that in all the other eras we could criticize them and we weren't called names we weren't attacked. We weren't told to get out of fandom. We weren't told those things. Suddenly, with the current era, it's now okay. Yeah. There's like the, the like you said that there's a group of either fans or higher ups, like you said, that they're they're okay to tar to attack because they don't like the current era. And I think what you were saying before about mourning, I think that's what's going to be the mourning for some of these fans because they won't have the ammunition. They won't have the same ammo when this era goes away to attack fans and i think they're secretly going to miss that quite a bit they won't no that loud, well but they will I, I i would say to you charlotte that actually these people that get on board with all this um attacking as you say because they believe in all this bending in the knee virtual signaling nonsense will move on to something else um and they'll go they'll go and move their alleged fandom to whatever else is, is is bending the knee to them to be able to say oh we're going to have 
this or this or this, because that's exactly what happened with Doctor Who, as we all know here. These people have only come into Doctor Who because suddenly the Doctor was a woman, and that was a virtue signaling tick box exercise, so they've got to support that, and everything else that's come off the back of that, uh, and all the storylines and all the, or, or everything that's gone on in the back of this, and, you know, it's just the way society sadly is today and there's nothing being done to stop it there's no there's no education being given to young people about about etiquette on online you can hide behind a keyboard you can kick off any sort of way i think we're stuck with it and it terrifies me because the, our country is in a mess our attitudes are in a mess nobody's pulling together anymore right. and it's all because of the rise of social media and stupid idiotic decisions i mean doctor who was one of the longest running shows that actually stood for morals british morals and I certainly got a lot out of it as a young as a, as a young boy of right and wrong. What's right and wrong? That's all gone out the window because it's all one sided now. Uh, so I think we're stuck with it. But I do think a lot of fans, alleged fans, mm. um, will leave the show in the next year, especially when she goes. Yeah, I, I do. Think that's that's well. great, though, isn't it? That's good if they if they leave because. They, and all they're doing is causing damage. That's all that, those uh, but, kind of fans, right? You're absolutely right, Ian. It would be great to get shot of them and let them go. But, you know, they will cast the man in the, as the next doctor. They have to because they have to fix the show. And they, that will see, that will really annoy them. How, I can't see how they cannot cast a, a man going forward. No, I, I have, but, and I have no opinion about that at all. Uh, uh, but cast, cast who they like, who they're confident in, who the right hmm. showrunner is confident in. Yeah, um, but but what will happen um, is that they, that they will they will they will leave the show because of that. As we've seen through a lot of the tweets, and as we've said on the show before, a lot of the tweets will say, "Well, it, it's going to damage the cause. If there's a man, I'm not going to watch." So goodbye, off you go. Let's get that. But I think the the effect it's had on fandom now is long lasting. That positivity mm. that we spoke about a few weeks ago that is still there with me. And Simon, if it takes if it takes five years, you know what? I'm okay with that as long as it comes at the end of it. I might be too old to watch it if it's fine. Feels, <laughs> feels relevant, feels alive, feels like it matters, and feels like Doctor Who. Listen, guys, we went through 15 years with the show not on. I'm prepared to go through another 15 to get this. Yeah, but we were right. young. JT, we were young. I still am. And thanks to Cher's pioneering efforts, I still will be. <laughs> so the, the brilliant thing about this is, you know, Take it off for as long as it needs to heal, to be restored. It worked last time around. It can work again. Don't rush into its studios. Get it right. And and just get that. bring the Doctor back for crying out loud in his own show, as the star of his own show, running around the galaxy in his TARDIS, fighting monsters. That's what has to happen. See, That's what we need. Just uh, whilst, we've, whilst we've got you, Barnaby, over the last... Because hmm. we haven't had you on the show for a few weeks. So in light of all this... And given what people in the chat, you know, Matt Potts said, you know, said a, a really kind of simple but beautiful thing about anniversaries and things like that. And in the light <laughs> of everything that's been said lately, how do you, what's your wish list for the 60th anniversary? Either what you think is going to happen or what would be your ideal scenario? G given the fact that we are in that sweet spot where it's going out of production, what, what do you think would be a, 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 an entertaining thing to do and a fitting thing to do for 2020? But are, are we certain that it's going out of production? I mean, we've got yeah. Ian yes. talking about that. We, we are absolutely certain. Well, it finishes this this month, Barnaby, and then it's out of production until they announce a new series. Oh, I, I, sort of like golden wrap-up. Okay. The, the golden wrap-up. Not, is, not is completely that, that, well, no, it is because that production team well, leaves this month. Well, they step down, and there's nobody mm -hmm. to replace them. And that say, could be for the next year at least. It's out of production. Yeah, to be no, clear, that it's only it, it's not going out of production services. It's stopping production until 
there is a new production team in What's place. the difference? No decision, as far as we know, no decision has been made that it's going out of production for Acer. Well, what, what, what's the difference between stopping production and going out of production, Simon? Well, I think there's a, an enormous difference. Basically, you're oh, stopping then. production until such time that you are ready to restart production. Going out of production suggests that, it, that a, 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 a conscious decision has been made to cease production and do no more. So that to me is the difference. I, I don't think so at all. I think it's I think it's a logical statement. They're stopping production on this show. So so go on. There we Barnaby, are. What, Barnaby, what are your what are your thoughts in, in the short term future? What would you like to see? Just in, in the sixtieth anniversary if there were if there is a sixtieth anniversary, I mean I just want um, Peter Capaldi back. <laughs> yeah, because I've, I've made I've made no secret about it. He is he's my favourite uh, new who doctor. That's, so I that's just not want gonna to happen. See <laughs> oh, it would be so good, though. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think he was really. Uh, I agree. I think he was really in his last series. He was a little bit let down, I think, and I think he, he really needs to have a bit yeah. more. I mean, I I loved his his first series, which I think I've said before, and I think I'd like to see. I mean, that's a controversial view, but I think I'd like to mm. see more of that. And just, um, I mean, uh, it it all sort of depends because there's stuff people like about the news about the, the current series and stuff people that don't like don't like it's just do like, you know what can we can we not is there not some kind of compromise where we no there isn't no knowing the bbc they're probably um do the same thing they did last time and join the doctors with the east enders cast and dimensions in time yes this is this is the problem this is very much a fan only conversation because we know the general public don't give two hoots no, and we're now as some fans i personally i don't give a jot about the 60th anniversary they can do what they want because it's been ruined for me this is not doctor who that we're coming out of now for me and any mm -hmm. reference in the future to this series will ruin anything to the in the future of that and will just not be doctor who to me and there's a lot of other people that would agree with me so you know i would hope that if they do anything i, I, I don't care about all these multi-doctor things i think it's had its day get rid of them forget about them i just want the doctor the tardis and the daleks and if they decide to go in to do something for 2023 JT, if you think of i suppose that the, the fact is that doctor who exploded globally under uh, Stephen Moffat and Matt Smith, Matt Smith, and yeah. within and within two years of that happening through Netflix, there was that great big tenpole anniversary that brought in so many so many new people, and there was this enormous global event. And so I suppose to two people like that, who are the ones asking the questions at these conventions, aren't they? And that's probably why I think the compare at the convention was, <clears throat> you can understand why he asked that of Chris Eccleston. And no, I don't. Whilst, I, I could I, I could say to him, would you? Whilst I agree with you that these things are, are not the bread and butter of Doctor Who, are they? They're lovely things when they happen and when they come together, but they're only ever the cherry on the top of, of a general cake of a, of a really great No, I, 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 to I totally disagree. Together, uh, bite after bite no. after bite. No, I, I totally disagree. I think it's only because of the three Doctors and the five Doctors that everybody expects these things every 20 years or so now. And I don't believe that at all. And I think in the, with the case that the show is in now, which is at its rock bottom. It is the most unpopular Doctor Who has ever been. This is even worse than the 80s. Um, it, it is Quite the most worse. unpopular character, the or version of, of the Doctor ever, allegedly the Doctor. It's the most... It, it, I, I can't tell you. It's, it's the worst ever. It's, this is the one that is not popular. We get so, it. We get yeah, it. So, okay, so J, JT, wouldn't it be great to have the Doctors to, to come together and have J Jody Doctor get stuck no. in that pyramid thing? That, no. And just, <laughs> so that's you know, that comes out. No, <laughs> let, let, guys, let me get to the point I'm trying to make. Please let me try and get to the point. 
Okay, I've established that this is the most unpopular era. That is important to what I'm the point I'm trying to get. If you give me five seconds to try and get there. So what we've got now is we've got the fact that this show has to be rebooted. If you're going to do something in an anniversary year, that's your ideal time to reboot it, forget the past and start again. That's my point. And that's really where I think the show should actually be. Forget about your fandom, forget about the law and reboot in a party atmosphere and the only things you need to do is the doctor the tardis and the daleks and get on with it i personally would would do something simple uh, conceptually simple for the anniversary uh, uh, kind of kind of as you've said really where you would restate what are the what are the general principles of the show and having a bloody good time ideal on a on a saturday uh, tea time but also um, bringing back the British public. Uh, all they want is the yeah, Doctor, yeah, the Doctor. Yeah, of the I, mean, I mean, they would watch it. It could be fairly popular if it's the right script or, or if it's done over three episodes or whatever. Course, I mean, the world I, is the I, oyster. I believe that over the last three to four years of a show that has sunk in popularity, simply by if you read in, in the way that the tv movie because you know we forget how yep. how great the figures were for that in the uk mm. and that wasn't an anniversary and there was no multi-doctors in that so i do entirely you know we do understand what you're saying i don't disagree mm. with that i don't mind it if they brought no, um, I, you I know don't, um, i don't mind either, either that'd be way, cool think, that'd be cool yeah. i think I that, you know i think you could story I, I, I think seriously, you could... for the 60th, I want to... Well, no, I don't necessarily... I don't know what I want, but what... Look, the truth... <laughs> no, I, I don't know what I want either. What, what, what I do want, what I do want is I find it sad that basically the 60th anniversary is going to be the absolute last chance we ever have of getting the existing Doctors back together in some form or another. Mm. Well, and you they could, I mean... Yes, they blew it with the 50th, in my opinion. Mm. See, do, you, do you know what, um, Simon? Simon, do you know what, right? Even when they had the five doctors, it was the first doctor that figured it all out at the ending. And they all had to look at him, didn't they? All the other doctors look at him. Yeah. And how did you know? Do you know what I mean? It's respect yeah, it's for the first doctor. Correct. If they did a 60th with um with with Jody, it'll be all on Jody and, and all the men being well, blasted. You know that's gonna happen. We if can that take happens. it as read you, that the one ah! thing I, I, would say, I would say that. The most le least likely person to be a part of that 60th anniversary, including yeah. Christopher Eccleston, is Jodie Whittaker. She will be yeah, nowhere, nowhere near that for both practical career reasons on her part and, yeah. for, well, commer and for commercial reasons too. Because BBC well, Studios are going to want to sell the balls off this thing. Dan, that well, woman well, is anti-Viagra. Sorry, son. Dan, Dan <laughs> won't she have left the show by that point? The pre yeah, in the previous yeah. episode, if there is one. So how on earth? Just, just not she's gonna not going to come back. She's not going to come back. Her, her no, she finishes yeah. this month, Simon. She, the, the golden wrap for the production is this month, no, September. No, I know. The last episode, that's what I mean. So the last episode of hers will have yeah. broadcast before... The last episode's at some point next year, next autumn. Correct. Yeah, as part of the BBC 60th so anniversary she, celebrations. So she 100th anniversary. Like, um, 100th sorry, anniversary. Sorry, guys. Do you think what they're going to do, right, is they're not going to have her transform to any... Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yes. Um, regenerate into anyone. But they will shoot that scene yes. uh, for a future yes. episode. Do you reckon Mine they're going to do that? I don't. I think they'll just no. cut it and leave uh, it open. What, yeah, do you yeah. think, what do you think, Charlotte? Is that feasible or does that seem like really alien? I... I think they'll have like bits on a face starting to sort of come out and that's it. I think we're not going to get a full regeneration beginning. Yeah. I think they're going to yeah. give hints. And yeah. It depends really, I doesn't it? Because we might find out next year something different, Charlotte. They may find out, right, we're going back in and this is your new doctor and he starts in Christmas 2022 for 23. 
I hope not. Yeah, no, it, it really does depend about the next Doctor and timings, I think. And I also mm. would say another reason why I don't see her being in the 60th is what's what's the fun thing about a multi-doctor story? They take the mick out of each other. They have yeah. some jokes. You can't yeah. do that with Jodie. Scarecrow. Because you, you get yeah. told... Because you get... Because they'd, they'd get because told... Fancy pants. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. You, you, you'd, you'd get certain types, call it sexism. You'll have certain yeah. people yeah. take real offence yeah. if, let's say, yeah. as you but, get the most mild jokers, mm. they'd say, oh, why are you wearing that outfit? Like, that would be seen as sexism. So you can't mm. put Just... Jodie in that setting. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the entire situation, and that's by, by employing this gimmick, this is a situation they've brought into play, which has kind of ruined the show, ruined the, the simple beauty of the premise, and the mythos, and everything needs to be everything. All that needs to be be drained away to be left with a pure statement about Doctor Who going forward. I want to, yeah, so I want to suggest that people out there, if you don't follow Ian Levine, <laughs> he doesn't speak about Doctor Who very often, but it could be worth keeping one eye on what he says. But the fact <coughs> is that the fact is that we have said it all first here on Time yeah. Forty Live. So to be <laughs> frank, I think you're better forgetting about the rest of them and just staying here. <laughs> Keep listening to what we've got to say. Well, you know, whether we agree or not. Here's something else for you to think about. Everybody's assuming there's going to be a drama. Uh, at, the, at the 30th, we had a really okay documentary. Now, yeah. one thing I've said on this show way before is I am looking forward to many, many books that will come out, hopefully, in the next few years. The Eccleston thing doesn't faze me because I think we actually sort of knew that, and he's just confirmed it. It's not a big deal um, in, in my book. But there will be others. The other thing you can do in 2023 is you can celebrate Doctor Who through a documentary, which actually details, honestly, like some of the books, the non-fiction books that should be coming out in the next uh, five, six, seven, eight, ten years. There's always going to have to be now a chapter about the Chibnall era. And I would like to see them being honest and dealt with correctly. And I would, you know, there could be a documentary that actually says, well, actually, this era was the most unpopular and it divided fandom JT? and it didn't have a popular leave, you know? JT, I think we'll get that, but we may we may have to wait for the 75th. <laughs> I just want to you talk know, a little um, bit about a little happens, bit, ex excuse me, and I just want to talk a little That's bit right, about Daniel Daniel mm. Edwards here says, why commission a BBC centenary special when the show's 60th it's, is it's, the following it's year? It no. doesn't add up. And Daniel, yeah. this no. is the thing you see. It doesn't add up. No, none of it adds up. It's mm. all of this is uh, a publicity circus, word salad. It's and more to the point, damage limitation. Bear in mind, they don't have to. This isn't going to be on screen for well over a year. They can label it what they like. This is a rush job to wrap up a production that has failed and failed hard. And to, to maintain any sort of dignity and any sense of occasion, they're going to badge it as this simply because that's the best they can do. It's, it's a salvage job. That's all. And you know what? I don't necessarily blame them for that. But just like I said before, forget about what they say. Look at what they do. And listen to everything that we're going to say on Type Forty Live because this year we haven't been. <laughs> Excuse me. We haven't been wrong, Barnaby. <laughs> no, not at all. I, 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 I would like to also say about the wording on this. I, I wish the fans they've crapped on, they've grabbed onto this thing. Stop calling it a 60th anniversary uh, or a hundredth anniversary centenary special or whatever you want to call it. It's just another episode they've added on. 
so that they've got something to show. And again, it's part of this rhetoric to say they, they mustn't be allowed to say that the Jodie Whittaker version failed. They can't yeah. do that for the reasons Charlotte's put across. So to give them this extra extra episode, there are reasons for that. Possibly it's because they wanted to show an episode of Doctor Who as part of the BBC's 100 episode, uh, uh, celebration, 100 years celebration. It could be just for the fact that Chris Chibnall, who we know is an abysmal writer, couldn't tie up with the, 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 the episodes he had left. Um, we, we just don't really know yet. But to say it's a... I can't stand the fact they're calling these episodes specials. They're not because they've all been recorded as part of the same block and it's just seeing her out. It's another spin. It's propaganda. Let's try and understand that and let's try and put that point across. I'm just trying to block Jodie off that picture Sorry, <laughs> yes i just want to i just want to say yes uh this is no. from, i just want to give credit here because we've used this a few times this is jatty w over on twitter a nice bit of fan art there in the in the flames with all of the new series doctors there i've used that a few times so it's only fair to say yes uh great image jatty w there's plenty more on their profile and on their deviant art page too only fair to say let's uh let's go back in time now i think to uh let's uh controversial times simpler times times that we can all warm ourselves i think but waggle our feet in the in the warm water sign what do you think and when we look yeah. back through your 500 year diary and mm. I, we've been tinkering I let Kane, <laughs> no this could be better no, yeah, oh, okay. right. because i've let canine have a tinker with this here jt so yeah we're going back in time simon stand <laughs> Well, I hope you paid him. That's all I'm going to say. I hope you paid him. The check for K9 better be in the post. I can, I can tell you. <laughs> so here we are on this day in Doctor Who history. Take it away, Simon. You oh lied. My God, you lied. That was just <laughs> you lied. You lied. That was the same. I tried, Charlotte. I tried. You no, lied okay. just like the BBC. That's what you lied. Worse than the BBC. Darren M says, shields up, shields up. Uh-huh. Jesus oh, Christ. God. Okay. Right. Oh, oh pardon me. Okay, okay. Well, we talked about this briefly last week, um, but th th this week it, it carries on because we are absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, in sort of fan nirvana because we are in the beginning of September. This is when it all yep. starts. This is when Doctor mm. Who really traditionally sits. So this week we literally celebrate, let me see, 10. We celebrate 10 classic episodes, 10 episodes in this week alone. Five of them are episode ones of new seasons and five of them are episode twos of new seasons so basically all this week we are just celebrating the start of new seasons so episode ones this week 32 years ago battlefield kicked off season 24 34 years ago time in the rani uh, no, sorry, I apologise. Battlefield was season 26, wasn't it? Time of the Rhyme, season yeah. 24. Trial of a Time Lord kicked off 35 years ago. 55 years since The Smugglers, episode one, kicked off season four. 56 years ago, sorry, season three, I do apologise. No, that's right, season four, I'm getting myself confused. 56 <laughs> years. It's pretty confusing, Simon. 56 years since Galaxy 4 kicked off. Yeah, and then on top of that, we've also celebrating episode two of Destiny of the Daleks. Get this. 13 million viewers for Destiny. Wow. That's wow. 13 million viewers, folks. 44 years since we, we were watching Horror of Bang Rock. 
45 since the Mask of Mandragora, 46 since Terror of the Zygons, 54 since yep. Two of the Cybermen. These are, all, these are all new seasons. Wow. Autumn, wow. September in particular, that first part of September. This is what Doctor Who's all about, folks. And I just, I don't know about you guys, but I remember just, I, I can remember things like the horror fan rock pre premiere being promoted. And well, I, I was I, just... I think what it is, Simon, more to the, more to the point, and I don't know if you feel, feel this too, uh, Barnaby, and Charlotte, you know, but, uh, coming to it later, is the darker nights, the autumn nights, kind of suit Doctor Who better. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, it definitely suits a horror fan rock. Oh God! Yeah, or, or anything that, uh, black and white. So anything, yeah, anything pat like uh -huh. we were talking about at the beginning. There, there, there were there were new series episodes that premiered in this in this week as well. But but by then the series was kind of up and running. And to me, it, the the crux of it is that this week and last week, were, were, this was the big launch of episode one uh, of of all of these new seasons. Um, and and it's and never you'd get the flash, wouldn't you? You'd get the flash saying "new season" across the front of the Radio Times. Radio Times those trailers, those package trailers, trailers. Where there'd be a shot of the Generation Game with Doctor Who, with uh, Paul Daniels' magic show, whatever else they've got going on. I loved all that. It was it was just the most exciting time to be a Doctor Who fan, and you're right. You'd get a little article somewhere in the Radio Times. I remember the Destiny of the Daleks uh, preview, um, where they had pictures of the Mavellans in with, um, you know, with with with, with Susan Dando all dressed up in in, in stretch like. Oh yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, I knew you would. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Incorrigible, isn't he, Charlotte? Incorrigible. <laughs> and, and and for me, I mean, this actually personally, this is just my favourite time of the year. Period. Not as a Doctor Who fan, just as as a person. I love the autumn. I love the winter. I love Halloween. I love Bonfire Night. I love Christmas. And Doctor Who is part of that. Um, and of course, we're coming into that that period now when. For, for a certain uh, age of fans, we were we were going to be looking forward to the five faces of Doctor Who, which was just the most exciting thing to happen to any Doctor Who fan ever in the entire history of the show. So it's just I think just the autumn. It's a very potent time as a as a Doctor Who fan. So the horror fan fan um, rock. Yeah, basically, that was the time when Max Hedrum interrupted the broadcast, right? No. No, Horror Fan Rocks 1977. Oh, uh, so what episode was it when he interrupted the broadcast? It didn't. <laughs> there was a, no, so basically in America, they had, they had this guy dressed up like Max Hedrum and he interrupted um, oh, a Doctor Who episode. Really? Wasn't that, wasn't that, yes. Wasn't that the, the Horror Fan Rock? I think it was. I think it was. So basically, in, in yeah, so in Chicago, they interrupted. They, it was a broadcast made by these people, interrupted some uh, match in America. And then when Doctor Who was playing, halfway through Doctor Who, this guy, as mad as uh, I was at Max Hedrum was... I know he was doing strange things and somebody whacked his bum and all that rubbish. And then it was only for 90 <laughs> seconds and he disappeared. And then Doctor Who reappeared. Have you not heard of that? No, it's no, famous. No. Look it up. It's famous. So was, I have was heard this story. Max Hedrum, as yeah. in Matt Frewer, was it? it was yeah, no, but it wasn't him. It was somebody, um, actually, somebody had the, the, the smarts to actually interrupt a broadcast halfway through. They literally, I don't know how they did it, but they interrupted it and you had some... It was Graham Norton in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> and then again in 2010. 2005 and 2010, Graham Norton invaded two episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> no, but it was... That was when Diane said down here, it was a rerun on US TV and they had oh, to that was it. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Have you never heard of that? Yeah, you learn something new every day. Oh, a right. I thought you knew. I thought every Doctor Who fan knew that. Maybe the American ones. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm enjoying, everybody, is the fact that the people in the chats, you know, they join in with the dad jokes. We've got the uh, Richard Brooks says here, the horror of Fraggle Rock. Keep them coming, Richard. Keep them coming. I'll be writing them down. That was a great episode, that one. I loved it. Right. Okie dokie. So also, today, oh, today, we wish a very, very happy birthday this very day. Happy 68th birthday to the great Janet oh. Fielding, one of my favourites. I love Janet Fielding. She's 68 today. Born in Brisbane. Um, uh, Janet Fielding's television debut. Does anybody know what Janet Fielding's television debut was? I don't yeah, um, no. Was it the Hammer House of Horror? It was indeed Hammer House <laughs> of Horror in the episode Charlie Boy. You see, again, it's autumn, isn't it? Those Hammer House of Horrors, they 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 reek of autumn as well. Mm. Barnaby and Charlotte are going to be like... Yeah. I've heard of Hammer House. I have heard of Hammer House. So, yeah, That's, it's Hammer House of Horror. Simon's tip of the day, if you've never seen a Hammer House of Horror, seriously, go and track it down. 13 episodes of just sheer joy. You will love it. <laughs> Um, anyway, so she debuted, yeah, in October 1980, an episode called Charlie Boy of Hannah House of Horror. The very same month she was actually announced as, uh, as coming in as, um, as Tegan. Um, and we then, we had 19 stories with Janet Fielding across three years. She had a good old run, Janet Fielding. You forget this, but she ran as, as long as sort of Liz Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith. Um, so, yeah, 19 stories. And let's not forget, of course, she returned in uh, the one that is quite all embarrassing to mention, which is a fix with Sontarans on the on the Jimmy Savile show. Do we, are we actually allowed to say the name Jimmy Savile? It's probably best not to. Okay. No, but I just not did. To. Best not to. I don't, I don't think anybody noticed. I got away with it. Um, and wasn't she also, forget, wasn't she also in Dimensions of Time or was she not in that one? She wasn't. Did no. she do? She wasn't in She wasn't. Did she didn't do? But what no, she no, did no, do, she Barnaby, what what she did do is um, she was the, um, the the person who auditioned the Seventh Doctors. She was Ooh. she came in to work with Ooh. the auditionees um, for, for for the for the role of the Seventh Doctor. And let's not forget, she then went into being a theatrical agent, and she was representing Paul McGann when he was cast as the Doctor. So, you know, Janet Fielding, her, her lineage through Doctor Who, it's pretty, it's pretty major, actually. So, mm. so I absolutely salute her. And I adore her. I, I, she's yeah. controversial. She is I a mean, controversial for figure. For somebody who said some you know, pretty controversial and big statements about Doctor Who, she's never been too far away from it. And I think she's, I think she's softened a little over time, Janet. Well, I yeah. Like so I, I'd just like to say to Janet, from all the dinosaurs, sweetie, happy birthday. Because <laughs> yeah. I will never forgive her for that. There you go. I like I like her. I like her as an actress, and I, I like her in Doctor she's, Who. Well, she's so not an actress anymore. Well, Quite interesting, know, Simon. Thank you, Wendology. I'll take that as a, as a backhanded compliment. Quite interesting. <laughs> uh, people are sharing other shows in which they've spotted her over the years. So she was apparently a waitress in an episode of Shelley that also yeah. featured Michael Cochran. Love Michael Cochran. Great, she also, uh, she also plays she yeah. also plays a druggie in uh, Minder. She's brilliant in my, in the Minder episode where she gets high on on smoking dope. She, she's just brilliant. Mm. Good actress. Go find that now. Have to go and find that. You've got to find her. She did that not long after leaving Doc 2. And she was also in a kid's uh, football Murphy's series. Well, yeah. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. That was it. She's a great actress. I love her. Yeah. I, might, I, might be, I might be pissed off with her, but I did follow her career for a little while. 
Well, I think she's never less than entertaining in the on the DVD commentaries. She's comedy gold. I love her. But I get why some yeah. people controversial. I get why some people just get irritated by it. She's a mouth on legs in every respect. The character was Janet Fielding. <laughs> I love yeah. Janet. I love you. Happy birthday from me. Uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Jan. Also this week, we're wishing happy birthday to Rona Monroe, who is uh, mm -hmm. 62 this week, writer of Survival, of course, the last of the classic run of Doctor Who, um, with the infamous Cheetah People, that I don't think she's ever forgiven the BBC for, because she never, ever conceived <laughs> of them looking like that. No, 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 no. Classic Doctor um, Who writer mistake, that one, thinking the BBC could do something. <laughs> never do that. Bungle. Literally. Uh, it, mega geeky, don't be bringing Bungle Bonds into this, thank you. <laughs> He's a hero and shut it all right, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you also wrote the, the Eaters of Light, the Peter Capaldi episode in 2016, um, yeah. which didn't really float my boat, must be honest, but there we go. Mm. Uh, I, I like Survival. I always think Survival is interesting because I kind of think it, 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 although they didn't realize they were doing it at the time, they actually brought Doc 2 full circle because an unearthly child starts very much in the present day mundanity and survival ends the series in present day yeah. mundane um perivale I, I i just felt that always felt like just felt nicely bookended anyway she's got a huge list of credits as rona monroe dating back to 1982 massive list of credits her most recent work was an adaptation of frankenstein 2019 and she's won four awards including um, the writers guild of great britain for, for the best play in 2014. I know that so she's, she's one of those that's sort of a writer's writer that people really do admire and respect her within the that field. She's a heavyweight. She's absolutely a heavyweight. Um, and she's very well renowned. She's one of the most renowned writers. Oh, absolutely. For the show. Um, her reputation up here in Scotland is huge. Does she, does she still work in, as in, does she live and work in Scotland, JT, or is she London based now? I think she's London based. I'm, I'm not so sure because uh, she used to do a lot of stuff at the Edinburgh Festival, so I, I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I don't know. Well, she's very prolific. She's still, she's still working. She's still doing a heck of a lot of stuff. And, and all credit to, um, to, to Andrew Cartman, who, who I think it would be unfair to say he discovered her because she was, to say, she was well and truly going by 1982. But he, it was, it was, he, he brought her to the show, and that, I think, gave her another boost yeah. on with her career. So, and of course, she, she goes down in Doctor Who history as well as being one of those few people that bridged between Doctor Who and the reboot version. She's the only She's writer. The only writer. Yeah, and, and of course, Graham was the only director mm -hmm. that went yeah. over. So it, it's, 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 it's rare. It's very, very yeah. rare. I, I was excited Sadly. to see. I was excited to see her get announced for uh, for series ten. I, I really was, and uh, yeah, I'd probably talk about her work at a at a later date. But happy birthday, Rona! Absolutely, it's Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We, we should be proud to have her in the Pantheon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sadly, there's one there's one sort of death that we're that we're marking this week, which is seven years ago we lost Jane Baker. Uh, 2014, we lost Jane Baker, of course, of Pip and Jane Baker. There they are, bless them. Um, she wrote along with her husband Pip. She wrote four stories: Mark of the Rani, Terror of the Vervoids, and The Ultimate Foe, both for uh, the Child of a Time Lord season. And Time and the Rani brought the Seventh Doctrine of Time and the Rani in 1987. And Pip and Jane Baker were very much, in the 70s, um, Terence Sticks and Barry Letts always used to talk about uh, Bob Baker and Dave Martin as being the Bristol boys, their go-to writers. And yeah. Pip and Jane definitely, I think, would it would be fair to say they were the go-to writers of JNT um, to the extent well, that literally they bailed him out at the end yes, of the they did. Time yeah. Lord. 
Um, yeah. And they, also the following season, of course, Simon, you know, because he, he he trusted them to, with the, the ability to write a, a script very quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have you, have you any idea? Have you any idea, everybody, how difficult it was? In fact, it was impossible to find a picture of Jane without Pip and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were everywhere. They they were literally. God love them. I, mean, I don't know if you yeah. met them, Simon, but them. but they yeah. were joined yeah. at the hip. They oh, really. They and they were—they had this beautiful way. And as a young man, I didn't get this. And and now, of course, I I do understand. They finished each other's sentences, yeah, oh. and it was just—it was a—it was, it was a proper double act. And the, and the warmth between them. But she was oh now talk about controversial. She could be shut up. Oh, she, she <laughs> to, to, to hear me about shut up. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it was fair to say that she was waspish. She, she scared me. I have to she scared me really? when she was at conventions. She she suffered fools not gladly. No, um, and, and she she, she wouldn't be around. She wouldn't be allowed to live today, would she? Let's face it. Yeah, that she wouldn't be allowed and, to run. And, and, and that's uh, that, that that piece on the um, on season twenty six with dear old Chris Chibnall when he's criticising him. And my oh. goodness. Looks could kill. Um, I think what is it on the open air clip when they appeared on open air in uh, 1986? Well, um, it, anyway, it's uh, it's no secret those two did, they they took that for years. They did not let that rest. No, no, no. no. And I think that to, to quite fairly, they did feel somewhat embittered because at the end of the day, JNT had asked them at a moment's notice to leap yeah. in and write that last episode yeah. of the Trial of a Time Lord in the space of a weekend knowing pretty much nothing about what yeah. they got to write about with lawyers was, breathing down their neck it must have been a nightmare so all credit to them just to put them in context they yet again same as rona they've got a massive list of credits the persuaders z cars space 1999 lots of 60s and 70s films including captain nemo and the underwater menace again they were prolific they, they were they were legendary writers um, and of course, they they loved their their curly language. They they oh, the language, yeah. What was this one bit in terror of the fur voice when the Commodore goes? The last time I was engaged with the Doctor, I was embroiled in a thing of mystery and intrigue. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> That's the British language. That's the English yeah, language. I mean, you know, I, I very much appreciate that. I loved hearing all yeah. these um, complicated Absolutely. words. It was great. Barnaby, yeah. I, I guarantee if you'd got one of their scripts on stage, you'd have you'd have eaten it alive. I would have loved it. I would have have every loved planet it. has a north. Come on, come on. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, and very, very finally, very, very finally, this is a quirky one, this is very finally, we have an intriguing anniversary actually coming up on Sunday because this is when we mark the passing of both Rollo Gamble, who played Squire Winston Lee in, uh, in, in The Demons, and Christopher Ray, who played PC Groom in the demons they both died several years apart from each other but on the very same date Did so they? i wonder was it the hmm. was it the curse of the demons, the demons. Mm. <laughs> i can't i can't quite place them i i haven't seen the demons for a while oh, oh you'd know you'd oh, know you'd know the damn. scene there's the, there's a brilliant he, scene that you'd know He's the guy with the big rock. He's the police with the big rock. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Group. And Squire yeah. Winston Lee, he's the one who gets zapped by uh, by Bock. Um, yeah. In, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and disappears. Um, <laughs> and, and the interesting thing, my very favourite fact about the, about the demons is Christopher Ray, who plays PC Group, of course, as you will well know, is the famous Christopher Ray who set up a lighting emporium and had shops all over the UK. Sadly, they've all gone there, but they were the most phenomenal lighting shops, and they were called. Christopher Ray lighting, and it's the very same self same Christopher Ray who was uh, who was PC Groom in the Demons. 
Well, there's a fun fact, space bookers. Who knew that? Uh, I certainly didn't know that one because I wasn't really into lighting at that point in my life. There you go. So anyway, they both died on the same date. So I think it's, I definitely think it's something to do with the curse of the demons. (laughs) You you, you never know. I shall watch the demons with the lights on next time, I think, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thanks for all of thanks for all of that. So it's okay. I'll, I'll spare you. I'll spare you the uh, the sound effect this time, JT. Yeah, thanks for all that fascinating story. Uh, yeah, Christopher Ray, like blimey. Yes, you learn something new every day here and on I'm, Time I'm Forty keeping, Live. I'm, I'm, I'm having a I'm having a T-shirt made up from Wendology. Quite interesting, Simon. I'm buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are chilled, chilled to the bone, watching along in the chat here on YouTube and Facebook, because we are we are streaming to YouTube as usual, and over Ooh. to the Type 40 Facebook group and the Type 40 Facebook page, taking in your comments live. Thanks for being here, everybody. Q Hammer Horror Music suggests Jonathan Cox. Good to see you, Jonathan. We, can do, we can't do the sound effects for you, too. You'll have to put that on for yourself. And Alan Collins says, Simon Shaw knows his facts. And people say, yeah, thank you for all of that. Nice one, Simon. A, uh, a portly fellow and fine performance. I'm not How sure. How rude. One, I'm not that portly. That <laughs> and uh, very eerie. So we've chilled Wendology, Ooh. too. Yes, you probably have something to say about that. Wow. Yeah, so uh, where to next? Where to next? Well, I think it's time. We treated you to the Type 40 Live customary ad break. That's, yes. uh, that time, it's the T.O.P. break, Barnaby. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So you've got a choice. You can either go... Oh, and, I love the adverts. You can either go... Wee wee. Wee wee time. And, uh, and put some out. Or go and, uh, yeah, go and grab yourself a, a drink of something, probably a cold drink, in the heat. And uh, sit down with us and chill out and watch these ads. Because, yeah, we're heading off... Into the Matrix. Now, well, remember, everybody, you'll be fine as long as you remember that the, the very junior, Mr. Popperwick, isn't, <laughs> isn't allowed to expect anyone. Ah, oh, with bled pale ale, I'd know it anywhere. Mmm. Lively bouquet. All right, is it? All right. This is not one of your light ale ordinary, you know. I fancy I detect the, the Kent countryside. Tickle your palate with an olive bird. Don't think I like him, Fred. You've got no class, have you, bird? With bread pale ale, light ale with a bit more class. This man has just been to the dentist. He's brushing his teeth the way his dentist advised. For this, he needs a good toothbrush, so he chose the Oral B+. Scientifically designed to be gentle on gums, yet tough enough to remove plaque effectively. People who care about their teeth and gums use Oral-B+. The country manner. The delightful taste. Uh, The dressing room. The early flight. The chilled country manner. The bathroom. The uh, refreshing country manner. The husband. The door. The Dickens. The butler. The cool country manor. The end. Country manor. So light, so subtle, so buy some. With his familiar pint of scald, Trevor looks like a normal scholar, but he is in fact a hyper-intelligent mega-being from a distant galaxy, which means he can score 180 at darts. With his eyes closed. Beat the space invaders at their own game. Oh no, it's Bama. Two points 
He can even transmit telepathic commands. Naturally, Skull can't turn you into a hyper-intelligent mega-being with superpowers. But when you know Lager, you're a scholar. Uh, yes. Okay. So here we are. You saw you saw him there. I hope you all enjoyed the adverts mm. as much as as much as we did putting them together and watching them there. But uh, you saw him at the end. Uh, Doctor Who has lost another one of its own this this mm. week. It's always sad Blitz. to talk about this, isn't it? Isn't it, Barnaby? Because you know you you get to see these actors, and it doesn't really matter whether they're in the show for four or five episodes or or a dozen. Or many many years when when someone makes an impact, they make an impact. And and the actor Tony Selby, who was uh, born in 1938 and, and passed away at the weekend, was absolutely one of them. For uh, featuring the three stories that he did in the 1980s, uh, Tony had a long career, believe it or not, over six decades as an actor, and in some of the most well known. Best loved, most repeated shows on television. He was born in Lambeth, South London, and was bitten really hard uh, and young by the acting bug. He made his uncredited screen debut back in 1955, <laughs> and appeared in lots of uh, really small roles, sometimes uncredited, sometimes not, opposite people like Anthony Newley, Norman Wisdom, before uh, landing a, a bigger role opposite Michael Caine as one of his drinking pals, in the 1965's Alfie. I bet you like that one, don't you, Ian? Yeah, brilliant. And uh, yeah, after that, he became a really familiar face in shows like The Avengers Department, S, Zed Cars, Callum, all that kind of stuff. And Get some in. Over into kids' shows like Ace of Wands, yeah. Basil Brush Show, before becoming a household name. One of the best-known faces on TV, playing who was it? Corporal Marsh in Get Some In. So, what was what was Get Some In then, Ian? Because it, it was before my time. It was a sitcom. <laughs> it was a sitcom set in the army, and he was this. I think he was this general or something like that. Just gave everybody a hard time, and they all they all hated him. Um, and that's basically the sitcom, as far as I can remember it. But I remember him being in Ace of Wands. I don't know if you guys remember that show, Ace of Wands. You're probably too young to fantasy, remember it. Fantasy show, wasn't it? I've never seen yeah. it. But I know some yeah. people who watch the show do enjoy that. Yeah, it was, it was a kid's show. But it, was, it was, you know, it was an adventure show. about he, A guy was a magician and he was like his uh, apprentice <clears throat> sort of thing. So it was okay, as I recall. Uh, he was, I mean, I've seen him in things like, like The Good Life. JT, yep. all, the, all those classic one episode things. He was in Minder and all those kind of shows too, like before and after Get Some In, which I understand that he was in for a few years. And, you know, we saw him in, a, in an advert uh, a moment ago. But these these faces, there was a there was a, an army of actors who you never really knew where they were going to turn up next, did you, in, in drama or comedy. And there was just something reassuring about seeing their their faces and their manner, even if sometimes it seemed like they were playing the same part or variations of. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Tony was a jobbing actor by his own admission, and he would just uh, he, he, he wants to pay the rent, so he would uh, he would do. Uh, I mean, he loved what he did, and he did his craft, but he um, he he, he, he wanted to work. 
there was comfort in that familiarity, though, wasn't there? Well, there, as you say, there was a, a set of um, actors around in the 70s and 80s that you you knew. So there was a sense of comfort there. Uh, and the fact that in those days, it was very different to how it is now. I mean, you know, if we look at the old white city complex at the BBC, everything was there. Everybody was there. You know, you could walk out of one room and see somebody else going into another to do something. And then you could, you could build a project together at lunch or something. So it's not as it is now, but you know, it, he was he was um he was a lovely guy you know and he he was just he loved what he did and i don't think he, i i personally don't think there's anything wrong with being typecast as somebody once said you know if you're typecast you're always working yes true no, that is absolutely true yeah i think want to be the I, phrase lovable rogue is mm. the one that you'd attach most to tony Selby. what's definitely worth more than a few grots i'd say What's the um? What's the uh, union called? The Actors Union. Equity. 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 Yeah. I remember my dad had a friend named Errol when I was a young kid, when I was like nine or ten, and he he got his equity card, and he was so happy. Mm. I remember him like jumping for joy, and and I and he was telling me that, that it was a, it was a clique, you know, to get this equity yeah. card it meant yeah. everything to him. That now he can be part of that world, and he can be casting, you know, as as this and that, the other, and stuff like that. So I guess it was. You know, that's why he appeared in loads of stuff, didn't he? Because he was part of that I, world, part I, of that. I certainly, uh, I, I that time, yeah. first saw him in uh, Get Some In and, and just loved that. I mean, a, a, again, for a, people of a certain age, that was a that was a huge, huge show on television. <laughs> mm, I can't remember how long it ran. ITV. Five or six series, I think. Yeah, and the cast yeah. sort of changed, didn't they? It was. Yeah, they he, did, yeah. He was just brilliant in it. Uh, and I can still remember then when it was announced he was going to he'd been cast in the trial of a time lord, and of course instantly just remembered back to uh, to to get some in, and was really chuffed that he was in there because I just loved him as an actor, and I think he does a crack. I, I really, I honestly think he's the saving grace of Dragonfire for me personally. Yeah. He's the only thing that's any good in Dragonfire, um, and he's probably the best thing about the trial of a time lord. In all honesty, actually, <laughs> well, think about that's it. it. I think it helps that he was given uh, a wonderful character originated by Robert Holmes, of course, that he actually understood. He, I mean, he, I, th I think he once said that, you know, this was Del Boy in space. Yeah. And, and Tony grabbed that element and it really comes out, doesn't it? And he keeps that continuity going with, with the, the, the three uh, stories he's in. Yeah. Well, here's, yeah. a, here's a, an example, I, I think, Charlotte. I mean, obviously, this guy, we're talking about the 70s and 80s again. Please forgive us. But, the, uh, but this is an example of, a, of an actor. And we talked a little bit about typecasting and, and the blessings and the curses of that. But I think in playing a character like Sabalong Glitz, this, you know, it's, it's the lovable rogue. It's the <laughs> archetypal Cockney. But uh, he, we're introduced to a character played by Tony Selby, who was generally quite a warm presence on British TV. When we first meet him as Sabalom Glitz in, in, at the beginning of A Trial of a Time Lord, he's quite a harsh character. We can't really get the measure of, can we? You know, he's there to get a job done, and he seems to have no qualms at all about, uh, about killing the Doctor to, to get... Oh, yeah, you, you, you definitely get the vibe you're supposed to hate him. Uh, yeah. I, I have seen him in trial... And you get that vibe that you really should hate this character, but you can't. And yeah. that's obviously what yeah. he brought the actor then, because it's sort of that cheekiness. It is a bit Del Boy. And I think it's a bit of, it's like he knows he's over, I, I, I almost feel like that character knows he's over his head, but he's just doing but, it because it's his job. Yeah. And that's what's so good about it. 
Well, Mel mm. seemed to like him, particularly when he sold his crew into slavery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do see some yeah, that's a little bit out of character. <laughs> Even though the character does evolve really, really quickly, it's a bit of a bumbling yeah. fool in uh, in The Ultimate Foe. We do see flashes of it again in Dragonfire, don't we? So he does get to play. He does get to spin all the plates at the same yeah. time. It doesn't completely dilute. Do you know, it's interesting. Oh, sorry, sorry Dan. No, I was just saying, I think that's, that's probably why the character is so fondly remembered. I mean, we, he never seemed to get a change of clothes, but Tony... <laughs> that would Tony, be money. Tony seemed, <laughs> Tony seemed uh, grateful of the part. He seemed to enjoy what he was doing. He really understood it at a time where, you know, crossing seasons 23 and 24 where the show was was in crisis you know and everybody yeah. who was involved in it it had this sort of hands on deck kind of feel and i'm sure that was going on well it was chaos behind the behind the scenes mm. and so to have somebody like him in the guest cast along with along with everybody else the job is a job i mean for those actors in those days wasn't it i mean they didn't care about the show they just did the job i mean i well, think well, you put them yeah, in the same camp as um brian is it not is it brian glover no who's the, the big um yorkshire guy he was the always ball, on tv so yeah 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 yeah, put him in that same camp. I camp-y. really, yeah. really miss seeing Brian Glover on TV. Yeah, I know yeah. it's not the same, is it? You know, no. it's interesting what Charlotte was saying there about um, about Glitz uh, and her impression of him in in the first four episodes of Child of a Time Lord, where she was saying, "You, you, you got you, you know, you, you know that you're not meant to like him." Having been 16 in 1986, watching that, I didn't get that at all because I knew Tony Selby and I knew the yeah. sort of character he was going to build. Wouldn't you agree, Simon? So, yeah, you know, absolutely. we didn't, we didn't get that. We knew at some point this guy was going to actually turn out to be a pal of the doctors yes. at some oh, point because it was Tony Selby. There yes. was no other way you could actually, you could actually do that. And I, I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was unusual when, when it was announced that he was coming back for Dragonfire, it made perfect sense because he got on with John yes. and he wasn't, and the character was popular. Selby. And even though, for you know, because we hear a lot of the time after the fact, you know, and even for some of us that were there, I didn't recognise Tony Selby Barnaby. You know, I didn't know his name. I just knew his face. And I could, I couldn't nail nail the part down. But I think now, when we look back, the thing that they say a lot about the JNT era, and one of the sort of catch-all phrases that everybody knows is that JNT was was into stunt casting. But yeah. Tony Selby, he wasn't a Beryl Reed. He wasn't a Ken Dodd. He no. wasn't. He was as famous cast. as he'd be, as famous as he'd become, mm. he gets some in Ian. Mm. By by this point, it was he was kind of back to being the job in actor. Wasn't he? The thing is, though, every every um, part that he'd been casting, whether it be a movie or whether it be um, a TV show, he was never the bad guy. He was always the someone, someone. He was always connected to the main person's like a friend. And that's, I agree with JT, because immediately when I saw him, I was like, there's no way <laughs> that this guy's going to end up being a doctor's friend anyway, because yeah. everything he's been cast in, apart from Get Some In, of course, he was playing completely off type. He's been the friend of the of the main star of the, of the film or the TV show, whatever, isn't he? So yeah, knew that was going to happen. But what's interesting is that the, the, the character originally was conceived as a much darker, right. nastier piece of work. Um, and I think it was I think it was because of the edict that had gone down that Doctor Who had to lighten up. Lighten up. They, yeah, they, they rewrote the character into a more lovable rogue. So so you wonder what whether would they maybe have not cast Tony Selby had they gone down the original route, which was going to be 
a nasty piece of work, a true, a true enemy of the Doctor. Someone, so, well, someone I, like, do you know what? Even, I, someone like Stephen Grief would have would have played. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard this. I've heard this before. I don't agree with that at all because Trial of a Time Lord was brand new for Robert from Robert Holmes on the dictation after the hiatus and with what they thought they had to do. So I think Glitz well, was well, a, well, a fresher character. I, I don't know if that it was. Well, well, I think, it's, it's a it's interesting going back to the the stunt casting there thank god jnt did it now in hindsight because we get to see lots of people of course who are no longer represented on other tv shows or what have you but there they all are these are these are legends of the time huge parts of our show business history appearing in doctor who uh, and and i'm actually very grateful for it now in at the the age i am now because i can look back and go oh my god there's such and such and there's such and such and there's such and such and nicholas parsons but yeah, he was brilliant, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, he, was he was. He was yeah. brilliant. But I he thought he could act. Quiz of the week. <laughs> he could act. He was an actor. I love this yeah. comment here from Richard Brooks. Says, "Dill boy, he never sold his crew, did he, Charlotte? What, what no. do you think?" Of yeah, but no, but just well, to did, add to what JT's saying, not just to add to JT. There's stunt casting, which is literally just the name, like mm -hmm. Ken Dodd. Like you could tell anybody could have played that part. Yeah. He yeah. just wanted yeah. Ken Dodd. Bottom. But there's stunt casting. <laughs> When you can tell they thought, yes, this is a good name, but it suits the character. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the two differences that J and T he did some stunt casting, which is literally just a name, and he did some stunt casting where he actually thought it through and was like, no, this they're famous. Well, no, no, I'm, the character I, I want. I'm I'm going to disagree with you because in, let's take Ken as an example, Mr. Dodd. He was a Shakespeare. He wanted to be into Shakespeare, and he actually did go into Shakespeare. And what John did there was he gave them that lift. Doctor Who, even at that point, was still something that people would look at and to get that credit to be able to say it. And Ken was fine. It's not one of the best roles in the world, but he just he played it fine. He did his bit. He did his day. He entertained the crew. He went home. Uh, and it helped him to go into his Shakespearean roles. Uh, the same, th a similar thing happened in, in not in Doctor Who, but with Les Dawson, who was a comedian of his time as well. He had some dramatic roles towards the end of his life. And it, it's in a way, it's typecasting from the public. Like mm. Nicholas Parsons, which mega geeky there is just has just brought home. That was a huge shock to everybody that Nicholas Parsons was going into Doctor Who, but he was an actor. He just happened to have get stuck in a in a quiz show for so, yeah. twenty yeah. years yeah. or whatever it was. So this this got him back into acting. Yeah, same thing with Bradley Walsh, you know. Bar sorry, sorry. So uh, you know, you're right. Same as Bradley Bradley Walsh, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, I. I think about uh, Tony Selby, you know, over, over the years, I have always wanted him to uh, play the part for Big Finish, for an ex for example, as an 80s Doctor Who fan. Uh, mm. to, yeah. to people, he, he, he never that, did. I grew up with people, with older fans, lamenting characters like uh, Jago and Lightfoot and uh, Damaris Heyman's character, Miss Hawthorne from, from The Demons. And, and rightly so. They were all, they were all brilliant. But obviously, there was no way for me to, to, to see those stories when, when I was a boy, Barnaby. So for me, characters like Sabalon Glitz, played by Tony Selby, were just as, were just as important, just as loved. And, and uh, I always wanted to see, I always wanted to see them come back. And I couldn't understand why other people didn't seem to be as fond of them as I was at the time. But I think there's been an outpouring of love for Tony Selby in, in the last few days since, since, he, since he passed. Sabalon Glitz is a typical Robert Holmes character, isn't he, Barnaby? Uh, yes, in comparison to uh, oh, I'm trying to think, oh, I've gone blank now. There are other ones. He's, he, Isn't there he's, way, he's he reminds me a little bit of a um, god, did, did Robert Holmes do um, Tanza Wing Chang? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, it reminds me a little bit of a of a Jago, except that Jago's a little bit more, um, a bit more bumbling, but then that's how 
uh, Sablon kind of evolved into it. So yeah, I mean that kind of like multi-layered kind of like bumbleness. Yep. I mean, I I, I love Jago not only because I shame his name, I share his name. Oh so <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only just realised that yeah. his costume that didn't help, did it? His costume, <laughs> just a terrible costume they gave him. Well, who's to, to say what they're wearing on, on his? Who's to say what they're wearing on their planet? The, the thing that's always exactly. got me about this cat is whatever happened to Dibber? I love him. He just disappears, he, doesn't he? In the books, in the books, he died. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Barnaby. Yeah, I was, I was reading one of the. Uh, God, what was it? It was one with Frobisher in it. Hang on, it's over there. It's called. Uh, give me a sec. Oh, uh, Mission Colin. Impractical. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Impractical. Oh that? yes, yeah. the BBC book. I've got it there. Never read it. By the Hang time on. we see him again, he's got a whole new career, and he's got this guy called Podofkin. That's his sort of first office. Sylvester McCoy had a way of saying it. Here. Yes, I've yeah. never read it, Barnaby. Yes. It's there. David McEntee. Yeah. Uh, David McEntee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I just thought Dibber was did, great. Yeah. I thought they made a really good pairing, and I always thought it was a shame that he didn't, that Dibber didn't come back. But of course, by the time Dragonfly came along, uh, the actor w- was 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 in London's Burning. London's Burning, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he went yeah. on to a glittering career, didn't he? So. He did, yeah, he did. As I said, um, uh, he has a way of saying glitz, doesn't he? Um, old Sylvester, so actually, the way he actually says it because I remember me and my brothers watching it. We were just after we saw that episode, we were just saying glitz like uh Sylvester all, all, all day. <laughs> day. Yeah, draw it out, didn't he? I mean, I Mr. Glitz. That, I thought that Tony Selby straddling those two eras one of the very few things that that did. I mean, Mel did, yeah, Mel. But, mm-hmm. but he was he was so good. Good and he was so consistent, yeah. and he worked equally well with with Collins Doctor as Sylvester's. And I like the fact that I mean, obviously that was in the script that the character yeah. barely even flinched. But it it just goes to show. I just thought he was consummate. I thought there was a nice vibe between both both sets of the characters. We've got a quote here from Sylvester McCoy, and he says that he. Um, this is from social media the, the other day. Mm-hmm. So he says, uh, "Just heard the sad, sad news." that Tony Selby has died, a popular member of the Doctor Who family. He was such a warm, merry, generous person. And it was always a joy to meet him socially. And uh, yeah, short but sweet message from, from Sylvester there. But uh, yeah, I can, I can imagine that. I mean, we hear a story repeated quite a lot by Colin Baker, how Tony Selby, Colin, and Joan Sims, who was yes. Katrika, <laughs> In that story, they had some sort of pudding eating. I knew this was going to come up as a hotel, <laughs> and which probably says more about is that the kind of things that actors get up to, Barnaby? Uh, pudding eating competitions, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I, lost, <laughs> I lost track, you know. Go on. You look like that, Barnaby. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, you look like yeah, yeah. You get a lot of You can, you can actually tell in that series that all three of them were having pudding competitions. Let's <laughs> yeah, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but it must have been a great night. We've got more fantastic facts here, courtesy of our wonderful companions in the chat. Crimpling Doubloon says, a dibber is a pointed wooden stick for making holes in the ground so that seeds, seedlings, and small bulbs can be planted. Thanks for that, Crimpling. It's not the season for that coming up, but I'll make a note of it, ready for next year. Can I also say, Crimpling Doubloon also, uh, very handily, tells us that, uh, which I didn't realise, that the uh, episode of Minder that we were talking about earlier is called Windows, and also apparently features Patrick 
Troughton, which I can't really? remember that at all. But so that's definitely worth going and looking up somewhere on YouTube. Sorry, Dan, do carry on. I didn't even realise that Minder episodes had titles. It was just all Minder for me. No, no, they had titles. Four hundred yeah. years of Minder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, Sunrider Customs says, does anybody remember Sylvester McCoy in a quiz show called yes. Star Strider? I was yes, on that. He, he was on it. I mean, so well, yeah, it definitely happened if he was yeah. on it. No idea yeah. what you're talking about. I remember watching my story. I remember him doing that. What was it called? Mm. What's my story or something like that? Uh, yeah, I remember so that. Too, yeah. Doc, uh, Doc Martin, blimey. Martin, uh, that's Martin Clunes. Is it Doc Martin? Doc Martin's here and says, Stephen Moffat's stunt casting had characters that contributed nothing to the story. For example, Tessa Pete Jones in Matt Smith's last story, she had one line. That doesn't count. Sorry, Doc. Good to have you here. I don't remember. It's a new name. Nice to have you at the channel. Going to disagree Hello, completely. Tessa, Tessa Peak Jones. Yeah, she's a, she, you, she's a face that you know, but that doesn't count as stunt casting for me. I don't Who's know. Tessa Peak Jones? Raquel. In I have no idea either. Oh, oh, and what did she play in Matt Smith's last story? She played a townswoman of the village yeah. Christmas, I think. Wasn't it? Oh, God, the, the one in the bonnet. Yeah. Yes, of course. From very, yes, that's where I know from. Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, got you. Okay. Very, very Thank you. Small, Thank you, Doc Martin. Small. Love your series. Actually, I've never seen it, so I, can't, I shouldn't say that really. I've never seen it in my life. I remember Eureka. Eureka. Yeah, yeah. Eureka was brilliant. Yeah, Eureka was brilliant. Yeah. But obviously, we, uh, uh, we're at the, at the point now, obviously, uh, where was it? 35 years ago this week, the Trial of a Time Lord was first premiering yeah. when we first <laughs> met Tony Selby as, as Glitz back in 86. We were literally oh. watching episode one this week with Tony Selby in oh. September the 6th. Yeah. 25 years oh, ago. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's um sad. It's, yeah. it was always going to be sad. Don't get me wrong, but you know it's it's one of those it's one of those things that you know when you when you're looking back and you're reflecting on an anniversary or whatever, and you think that this actor. I mean, after Doctor Who, he went back to playing in a multitude of shows. Things like uh, well, playing those lovable rogues again, Ian. Playing yeah. the best friends in shows like Love Hurts with Adam Faith and uh, Mulberry with right. Paul Harriman. He was in The Detectives with Jasper Carrot and Robert. He was. Powell, mm -hmm. I always forget his name. Is Robert Powell? Love that show. Mm -hmm. He was an actual Mitchell in EastEnders. He was, he was <laughs> Uncle Clive Mitchell with uh, Billy and yeah, Grant's right, yeah. sort of uh, older cousin. You can see him as a, as one of the Mitchell family. So I totally get that. And uh, he was there at the BFI for the Doctor Who 50th anniversary celebrations back in 2013. He was at the event for the two Doctors for some reason, but he was there. <laughs> they got him up on stage talking. Was, about he, in, about was he in Boone as well? Boone. Remember oh, that show, probably. Boone? Everybody yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's right, boom. I'd, I'd say it's almost yes. almost. I've got a picture of that here. So here he is, and in his in his final scene on Doctor Who, I always think it's a shame that he never came back. I'd like to have seen him reappear. That costume's awful. What <laughs> the hell is that costume all about? Don't, don't that, how's that going to protect him from anything, for God's sake? You know I mean? His like, shoulder is well protected. That's all an actor needs to fend yeah. a, a cutlass. Still, if anyone shoots me in the shoulder, he's golden. He's fine. <laughs> and there, and there he is on the right there, sat in the middle with Fraser Hines on one side and uh, Eric uh, Eric Saywood yeah. on yeah. the other side and Dick Feedy and everybody else at the BFI. It's it's um obviously uh, he was he was old uh, old guy, you know, he'd retired, been around a long time, and we know that people pass away. But I you know it's I've missed us talking about talking about uh, Brian Glover and people like that. You know, I do miss seeing these, these familiar faces yeah. on TV. We can enjoy their roles, obviously, over and over again mm. as uh, as the years go on and as mm. things get re-released, uh, which is probably a good point to mention that this is about to be released in the standard Blu-ray packaging. I've forgotten the date 
where, uh, to which you can get season 23 if you are waiting for the standard editions of the Blu-rays. It is coming fairly soon. So Early October. The first week of October, it's, it's, you can pre-order it now on all the sites. It comes out the first Monday in October. Go and get your fill of glitz and dinner. Mm. Yeah. Uh, can I just point out to anybody as well that was watching, uh, keep an eye on the prices. If you went to the prices, it was actually charging you for the uh, original price, but the prices oh. do change, so they might come down because there was a bit of uh, – a lot of fans were upset about that. Um, but keep an eye on that because, you know, I reckon the price will come down to the, what the previous standard editions were. Yeah, because there are I mean, those standard editions. They have taken off, haven't they? They're charting very, Huge. very well. Lots, lots of people are picking them up. Uh, lots well, of people are sort of weighing up the options, just like you guys said, Simon. About you know, I, I've I already stopped. I will not be buying any more of the limited edition ones. I say, um, I'll, I'll let you into a secret. I've sold four of my limited edition box sets on eBay already. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, sorry, was Dan. that was was sorry, that difficult Dan. for you, Simon? Because um, I, a lot of the fans are saying they can't shift them. No, no, I didn't. Well, it depends on whether you want to make a big fat profit on them or not. I didn't. I just sold them at the kind of price that I bought them for, happily. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll just now downgrade to the – because it, it saves me so much room on my shelf. falling apart. Yeah. yeah. Do, do they, um, do they uh, correct the effects in this in this version? Yep. With, um They do. Well, you get the corrected – you get the corrected disc. So in season in season 12, just where they – messed up all right okay so they, they they went and they they corrected some of the effects in in uh in colin baker's run on the it's on season the 26 they've pimped mm. up they've pipped up one episode one story sorry in the trial right. of the time lord box yeah. set so they've given Terry Terry the the Vervoids, that's got enhanced visual effects in that. cgi right. effects yes right. yeah and i think okay. there may even be a movie length version an edited yeah there is i can't oh, okay. remember so but it's, right. again, congratulations to the team because uh, Doctor Who Standard Edition Season 26 is number one in the Amazon charts. What? Not Jodie? Nope. There's no, <laughs> that, that, we all know that series is nowhere in the charts. It's at 1,500 or something. But again, it shows you. I mean, it's, that's the second time Season 26 has gone in and has been at number one in the chart. 23, wow. Season 23. 23, sorry. Yeah, it's because somebody said that about 26. There are rumours that 26 is coming this side of Christmas, but it's just a rumour because there's a lot happening now with distribution and all this, the nonsense that's going on. So oh, people are being a bit sketchy because we're only now, weeks after us doing a, a show about it, B&M are only today starting to stock the latest edition of the Character Options action figures. They've started hitting the shops today uh, on this day that we're, we're, we're live streaming. So, um, yeah, that's that's many weeks after we covered that. So we just have to be a little bit patient here, guys. Mm. We've got Mega the Extremist who says, Ian, I wouldn't use the word corrected, updated perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> that's, okay. Fair. Okay. that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, while we're at it, there are whispers of further Blu ray sets. Of course, you've probably heard that too. We heard it a little while ago, but obviously, there's no, still no date on this. It's still no confirmation. It's actually coming, but apparently, yes, yeah, season 17 is yes. on the way. Yeah, before yeah. the end of this year, we believe, and yes, we yeah. know that it has even been listed in a couple of places, yeah. a couple of retailers abroad, and in fact, several of us had heard about this last week, but yeah. no date as yet. It almost certainly is coming if it was listed. That does seem to be the lay of the land and how things roll out there. I'm certainly excited about the prospect of uh, 
of City of Death and Destiny of the Daleks and Creature from the Pit and Mandrels, Mandrels in HD. <laughs> <laughs> Can't no, no, What's not no. to love? Yes, so we'll be when that story does break, we'll be all over that. Hopefully, with another lovely trailer and whatever features they've got lined up. I'm looking forward to seeing it all. I do love this era, though. I do love mm. the Tom Baker era. It, yeah. it is great, especially that series. That series is very much of its day. It's 78, yeah. 79. It's very much of that day, and that comes through from the writing to the production value of the show, to the yeah. filming of the show, to the acting, to the yeah. to the costume. It's 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 a part of Doctor Who that's actually in its day, if you know what I mean, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah. Julian Glover. What an actor! What an actor! And a cult actor as well. He's been in Indiana Jones. He's based on, oh god, he's, he's been, been in everywhere. Yeah. Indiana Jones, Star Wars. He's been in mm. loads of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you know, what a guy! Yeah. Talking about uh, talking about the late seventies. Uh, just want to say again. Another plug for Alex Stora and John Collier's wonderful Blackpool Revisited ebook that's out there. It's free to download as a PDF, 600 pages of pure joy, nostalgia, all beautifully put together by John, Alex, and everybody else in the, in the um, exhibition army. That's what they call them, isn't it? Apparently, it's doing as well as you would expect. And uh, the guys are basking in uh, glowing reviews and lots of lovely social media attention. So, yeah, go over them and give them some more. These guys deserve all the praise and all the love that the Doctor Who fandom can, can throw their way, I believe. Uh, lovely fellas. And these are quality ebooks that mm. are the definitive works on this subject the blackpool exhibition that was open from 1974 through to 85 yes 85 and yeah you'll find it all in there plus that because they uh, expand on that with lots of other exhibits but we have a picture a doctor who is back at blackpool everybody for 2021 we've got this brand new picture Woo! These are installations. <laughs> installations. They look very pleased to see us, don't they? Installations in the illumination. Do you know what? They're showing their age. They are real. Yeah. They have been through hell and high water and storage and all sorts. That and and, and uh, salty sea air. They are beginning to show their age now. <laughs> the salty sea air. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw this earlier in the week, and I thought that's got to be that's a a nice. In a time, well, again, I think we're, we're again, Doctor Who's profile. Back, again, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's autumn. It's it's Doctor Who. This is the time of year for Doctor Who. Because again, mm. I can remember as a kid going to Blackpool to see the Doctor Who illuminations, mm -hmm. and it's all just part of that autumn run up now. Yeah, great. you see, I, I I know what you mean about that, but January's Doctor Who for me. Really? Why? Castrovalva, Attack of the Cybermen. Um, I mean, everything, everything from Castrovalva onwards came in January. January the 5th, 1985 was Attack of the Cybermen episode one. But from Castrovalva... But there was only about three seasons. No, no, no. Well, no, it was 18, uh, uh, 19, 20, 21, 22. Four. Go, four but, so, but it was still enough for me to think <laughs> January. Is, is anybody... Are you, are you thinking about going up to Blackpool to uh, maybe catch a look at these, Charlotte? you fancy that? No, I have been to Blackpool, but I don't think I've seen these actually. So it would be nice to actually see them because to see like a proper Dalek in the air would be quite impressive. Mm. They look quite they look quite large, don't they, Barnaby? They look yeah. because they got all the lighting in, I think they probably are quite large. 
Yeah, mine too. I've I've never made it to Blackpool. Like Colin Baker, I never made it to Blackpool. <laughs> well, well, listen, I don't want to I don't want to drag on the the Blackpool tourist boat. But if you live too far from Blackpool, please don't trudge all the way to Blackpool to see these. That's that's literally what you get. And they have been there since <laughs> two thousand and five, two thousand six. No, Blackpool's great anyway. It's just, no, 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 no. <laughs> just make sure you get a tetanus. Why you suffer a lot? I just thought that in an in an age where Doctor Who star has, you know, we we don't we don't pull any punches about this here on Type Forty Live. You know, we don't. The series just isn't as popular as it used to be, and we all know who the culprits are. So for me to see these in place, clean down and put on the promenade post pandemic, yeah, I was I was uh, I agree. I was nourished to see them, to see them again. Nourished. And I would like to go. I'd like to go to Blackpool next year. Not uh, not just to see these, but just because I've got I've got the book. I think it's partly John and Alex's fault because of those um, mm-hmm. because of those ebooks. I won't I won't lie. I just yeah, I feel like something traditional. Maybe the Blackpool that I remember. You know, I haven't been I haven't been for about fifteen years. Come to think of it, maybe not even that version still exists. But it does feel like almost consecrated Doctor Who ground. Yeah. So I would kind of kind of like to go back. Talking about Daleks, we've got a couple more pretty pictures before we Ooh. head off, everybody. I thought you may like to see this. This is something brand new from the artist Tim Hill. Uh, this is uh, a montage. Now, I know you can't get all the lovely details in here. This is a montage from Tim Hill of mm. every Dalek story, so he claims. And this is not just on TV. He's got some of the audio stuff in there too. Beautiful yeah. thing. And it's very, very high resolution, Barnaby. So if you go over to Twitter and go and find Tim's – I think I've plugged Tim a few times. If you go and find Tim on social media and follow him, you can download this huge <laughs> – as a PNG or a JPEG or whatever – and uh, maybe maybe print it off if you ask him nicely. I don't know, but it's all in there. And uh, I like the fact that uh, your eyes do kind of go more to William Hartnell first, and the, uh, the Dalek invasion bit mm. there. But it's, it's it's all in there. Whichever is your your particular flavour of Doctor Who, it's all there. Mm. All about all about shame's the got Jodie in it though, isn't it? It's always always a shame that uh, shame shame shame. shame. Mm. And uh, yeah, what else have we got? And one more thing. Well, let's have a look and see what people... Yeah, oh, yeah, people in the chat saying the same thing. Boo! Uh, Darren Bradley says, Nerdrotic had Las Vegas as a meetup. Let us let us have Blackpool. I agree completely. I like that, Darren. The Facebook meetup, Blackpool. So Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, God does, that finishes our stream for tonight. Thanks to all of you for, for joining <laughs> us yeah, this time. You. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Catching up, Barnaby. We'll be here again. At uh, 8 p.m. UK time here at the Spacebook for more Doctor Who talk next week. So if you've been here this whole time, thank you for all your comments, all those that we've had up on screen. And please, yeah, continue to leave us some comments afterwards and we'll get back to you. We'll chip in with that. Let us know what you think of the show. Please like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Yeah, please do take the time to subscribe and hit the cloister bell so you get the notifications about when we're going to go live next Lots more coming up on the channel, more podcasts, more live streams. Barnaby's going to going to uh, reacquaint himself with Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just flips it. open and Litz and Deborah talking on this page. Yeah. I, I recommend it; it's really good. <laughs> Charlotte, thanks thanks for coming again. I suppose you'll be over on YouTube doing some streams or something. You've got your own channel, haven't you? Why don't you plug that? Well, me and Daniel, Daniel Leach, who sometimes is in the chat, we sort of do a bit of everything on our channel, and next week we're doing Line of Duty. So if you want to have a bit of something different, come and listen to us chatter about that. 
Oh, I love Line of Duty. Oh, I watched that. We have a lovely to see you all. Great oh, stream as always, everyone. Me, from Vanessa, <laughs> we love you, Vanessa. We love you. Good to see you. It wouldn't be the same without She's gone. <laughs> bye, bye, Thank Charlotte. Another great stream, everyone. Says Wendology. Bye, bye, Charlotte. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, distinguished. Where she go? Distingu goodbye, she distinguished went. panel. We're, we're getting Radio Free Scarrows messages again. They keep happening. <laughs> and uh, woohoo! Goodbye, says Olivia. Bye, bye, bye Olivia. Bye. Oh, uh, and uh, still awake says Mega Neurobyte. <laughs> I've got a question here from uh, Daniel Edwards. Is there a Type 40 email? Yes, there is. Type 40 at gmail.com or you can head over to Facebook. There's the Type 40 Facebook page. Get in touch there too. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Type 40, at Type 40 Doctor Who. That's what that's called. Or Instagram. So we're all over social media too, Daniel. Thanks for chipping in with that. It's good to see you. Please come <laughs> back next time. Cheers, is. Uh, <laughs> Simon, love the Daleks, says Wendology, and lots more people saying good night and goodbye and thank you. No, thank you. Bye, Duggan. Thank Bye, you Higgin. for joining us again. We'll be back next time. Keep them peeled on uh, on social media for any more whispers of what's going on with Doctor Who. You know, we're going to keep our ears to the ground and we'll bring you whatever we can, whatever we hear, as long as it's not libelous. You know, we do. <laughs> we do it won't we be. Do. That ship is sailed. Yeah. yeah, we we went rogue here on Type Forty Live long ago, and we'll continue to do so. So uh, don't miss it. Come back next time. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Night Thank night. you. Those shows are a blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type Forty feed. But if you want to catch Type Forty Live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever. Head over to YouTube, search for The Space Book, and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell. Then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time if you have the space here at Type 40. Thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye. A Doctor Who podcast is a Spacebook production for the Fandom Podcast Network with music by Problem Being.